The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who puts the jingle in my bells, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm doing great. What an introduction. How can I not be doing great? After jingling your bells. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's pretty great for me, so I'm hoping it's pretty great for you, too. But you don't want to assume these things, you know? That's right. So it might not be good for both parties sometimes. This was uh, the least dirty <laughs> intro that I, I came up with. Oh, so I was like, oh, well, good job. <laughs> I was trying to be a typically mostly family-friendly podcast. This We'll, we'll go with this one. So, But Josh, it's been a month, man. What's been going on? I don't know. Time seems so weird now. I feel like nothing is going on. It's just been, I've been sick since Thanksgiving. I'm finally feeling better. So it's just been a rough three weeks, to be honest, like just trying to get through. Everyone's sick. People everywhere at work is sick. Everyone in the family is sick. Uh, my son got the flu last week. Uh, it's just been, you know, kind of that miserable icing on the supposed to be nice holiday cake. Like, you're like, oh, it's the holidays. Oh, yeah, I'm miserable. <laughs> it always yeah. seems good. And then when it shows up, you're like, oh, wait, why do I love the holidays so much? <laughs> Everyone's always sick and arguing and, and stressed. Well, that sounds wonderful. Was your Thanksgiving good, though, at least? Yeah, as far as I remember, it was good. It was like <laughs> almost a month ago now. <laughs> I know, right? Ridiculous. <laughs> How about you? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. We got a lot of board games played, actually, which was pretty exciting. Nice. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about those a little bit later. But it was good overall. Um, I, you know, made a really, really happy with the with the meal that was made. Uh, we're hosting Christmas for my in-laws side, uh, but not until the weekend after Christmas. So like New Year's oh. weekend is actually when we're doing it. So that'll be fun. I got to I don't know what I'm making for that yet, though. I got to figure that out. But otherwise, it's been good. You know, uh, a lot of school. I, I was sharing with you before how much reading I've mm -hmm. done since Thanksgiving. Um, it's pretty intense. And I had two, you know, rather large papers done. You know, I haven't written a 30 page paper in a while when I had to write Jeez. two of them. Um, <laughs> it was, it's been it's been a thing. But hey, I, I have yesterday. No. Friday night slash Saturday morning at 2.30 in the morning, I submitted my final paper for the semester. Nice. Um, so now I am free to do it whatever I want, uh, which ended up being yesterday, taking multiple naps and also today. So that's really all oh, I've enjoyed that it so far. nice, actually. Yeah, I was like, oh, this will be great. I'll be able to like get all these games started to play and I'll have you know another game or two I can play before Josh and I podcast and then none of that happened. I just took a nap. Um but yeah, it's been good. Um, you know, just get kind of gearing up for the holidays and all that good stuff. Uh, Josh, here's going to be a question that maybe is is not maybe it's too personal, maybe it's not too personal. I don't know. When is the last time <laughs> nothing you had is a, too personal? <laughs> when is the last time you had a physical? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
It's been a while. Well, it's not been a while. It's probably been five. I think regulars every five years. No, every year. So it's probably been about four years. Okay. Um, but now that my doctor has left practice, they keep pushing me off to the quote unquote new doctor, whoever that's going to be. Yeah. So I was supposed to have my physical this month, but it's not until March now. So uh, just well, pushing it out. So, you know, I've been the the partner has been pushing me to take better care of myself. So I was like, okay, sure. fine, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll go to the doctor. Cause I, you know, had I've had some curing issues for a long time and not surprisingly with my youth things activities that I did. So like I had to go in and get a referral. So I'm gonna have some hearing stuff done like in January. But um when I was there meeting for with that, because of course you have to get a referral, he was just like, Well, when was the last time you got a physical? And I was like, um, high school athletics and oh, he's like no. we're gonna do a physical so now <laughs> i have to go back tomorrow for a physical and it's kind of funny because like i don't really even know what like a physical encompasses because i haven't had one in forever like i just have never really gone to the doctor you know nice that'll be an experience for you it will be it'll be pretty fun so i'm looking forward to that that'll be a new thing because even since we moved to iowa and it's been almost 10 it'll be 10 years next summer that we've lived in iowa yeah i have been to the doctor i think two times and both of those times i went to the walk-in for something like that's it that's yeah the only times i've been to the doctor since we've lived here in 10 years so i have been fortunate that i have regularly been overall pretty healthy um but uh you know i think i i maybe don't want to push that further than i i can and and it just ignore things moving sure. forward so we'll see i'm getting old you know i'm getting old yeah you're almost at that doctor's appointment you know. <laughs> almost not quite yet not quite yet <laughs> Close. We'll see. Closer. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So yeah, so I have that to look forward to. So that'll be pretty exciting. Um, maybe I'll put the jingle in my bells. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, put the jingle in something. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, things have been good. It's just been pretty much same old, same old of uh, work and homework and uh, trying to squeeze in a minute or two of gaming when I can. Um, yeah. But otherwise, you know, things are good. Um, I'm now just you know waiting in, in anticipation as these two papers get created to see if. Uh, Am am I still remotely okay at school, or have I? Is this all been for not? And am I am I done with school here forever in a couple of weeks? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess, depending on how those papers go. So, well, good luck. Well, hopefully thanks. I think I think I'm forever. Okay. What's that? So hopefully you're not done with school forever. As well, you said. I hope not. So we'll see. I I think I think it'll be just fine, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, awesome. Well, hey, you know, we have kind of a lot of things to talk about today, so figure. You know, we'll kind of transition and get to it. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, and PSXP. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast Archive, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. And related to that, the Dice Tower just did their uh, Winter Spectacular, which means if you want to see multiple top 10 lists of the best board games of 2022, a really easy place to go um, when Josh and I talk about board games. We tend to talk about the games we played this year uh, for yeah. the first time. Most of those did not come out this year, though, just because it's really hard to stay caught up like that. And it's funny because 
a lot of the games on the best of list, I don't know if you've watched any of them, Josh, uh, a lot of Kickstarters from like 2020. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah, funny. A lot of, a lot of Kickstarters that finally delivered that are apparently really good, which is good. So, uh, with that though, Josh, actually one other question. So we're going to go on. Yeah. Another. Uh, what do you, when I say Lance Armstrong, what, <laughs> yeah. what feelings do you have? Oh, indifference. Okay. <laughs> I know that there's um, people who have strong opinions. I don't, I, uh, I don't know. It's like one of those things when you first discovered that baseball players, it's like a baseball player used steroids and then uh-huh. everyone hates them. And then 10 years later, you find out every single every baseball player that has ever lived past 1985 did steroids too. Right. And then it kind of crushes your soul. And then you say, why do I even watch sports if everyone's cheating? No, who cares? Well, if everyone's <laughs> and then I stop cheating, watching Josh, baseball. If everyone's cheating, is anyone cheating? Right. Which is why even be in the sport if you have to cheat to be good at it. Well, oh, I will say, I don't know. The end of that Patriots game today, though, Josh. You're implying cheating? No, 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 no. Did you not see the end of the Patriots game? No, I have stopped watching the Patriots. Oh, Josh, it was one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I've watched like I, almost. I, I've I watched, watched the no World NFL Cup this if year. you want to talk about crazy games. What's that? Uh, I watched the World Cup today. If you want to talk about oh crazy games. Oh my gosh, games. I watched the World Cup final today too. <laughs> I've watched That's none of the World Cup. And I woke game. up this morning and I was like, oh, we'll throw on the television. And I was like, oh, the World Cup's on. So I'll watch it. And then I was like absorbed into it. It was so good. Yeah, it was insane. I just, but no, I, I didn't can't. watch the Patriots game. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, Josh, basically what happened at the end of the Patriots game, just because I thought th- I thought this was, like, amazing. It's yeah. a tie game, right? Tie game. So you're like, oh, we're going to go to overtime. Instead, the Patriots run a play, which is fine. And I don't remember if it was a pass or a run. doesn't really matter. But the first person has the ball and then lateral, like, does a, like, lateral pass back to try to keep yeah. going. You're like, okay, fine. You're tied. You probably should just go to overtime, but whatever, right? The next player then who has received said lateral slash reverse pass then throws the ball backwards like 20 or 30 yards. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> okay. But here's the problem, Josh. That then was intercepted by the Raiders, who then returned for a touchdown. Well, there you go. To end the game because there was no time left on the clock. But I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Yeah, not yeah. Uh, see, some of the reasons why. I mean, I'll watch the Patriots again, but COVID really put into perspective my how much time I want to spend watching sports when it's a situation that it separates me from my family, which is yeah. fine. Like because I'm spending time with my friends, but I don't know. I think I'm just at this point right where I'm. I'm really just trying to prioritize family time when I can. Um, but like I'll make time for board games, right? Because like I'm more passionate about that right now, and I can for sure socialize and spend time with friends, and and I, I don't know. I think just priorities plus enjoyment makes it like more important for me to pick specific things that I know I'll get more enjoyment out of. No, that makes sense, and I'm actually typically the same way. Uh, I have one friend who the way like we connect is like he really still like. I used to be really, really, really into MMA, and he is still really, really into MMA. And I fringe watch it and understand what's going on, but not very often. But like that's how we hang out is like once a month we'll get together and we'll watch fights on a Saturday night. And like so that's like the only like real like dedicated sports time that I have in my schedule like at all. 
Yeah. Is, is watching that. Um, oh, but anyway, way back to Lance Armstrong. Yeah, I don't know how I got to there from there. <laughs> so uh, the reason uh, I asked is, you know, YouTube algorithms are occasionally a little funky, right? Like, Sure. But also sometimes you're like, they're scary because they give you things and they populate things that you're like, I didn't even know I wanted this, but I totally wanted to watch this thing, right? So I just wrapped up, or I'm almost done wrapping up. I haven't quite finished it yet. Uh, this like hour and a half interview um, with Lance Armstrong from like 10 days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's really interesting because, you know, I for someone who obviously broke a whole lot of rules, yeah, uh, he really just doesn't like he just doesn't care. And not in the sense of like he doesn't care they did anything wrong. Like he is not like living his life like with like the oh, I'm so like, oh, I'm not going to do anything or I'm not going to go out and do anything now because I'm known for this thing. And that's so embarrassing. So I'm just not going to do anything else. Right. Like he is out there like doing speaking engagements and he doesn't like people can ask him questions about all that stuff and he doesn't care. And he will ask answer any question you have. Yeah. He just doesn't care. And I was I was really surprised by that. I was like, you know, if I had been in the same situation and made those same choices, would I feel the same? Like, would I be able to, like, just show my face in public again? And he just doesn't care. I mean, he has the right attitude, whether he's right or wrong about what he did. Like, you can't let that define the rest of your life, especially when it happens to you at such a young age. Right. Depending on what it is. Like, obviously, there are certain things, but what he did isn't putting him behind bars. So I feel yeah. like we're okay to let him live his life. It's If it was like a jailable offense i think yeah maybe not let the like maybe remind those people every day about what they did (laughs) yeah no for sure and and it is it's very just interesting and he clearly has some i don't know i don't want to say anger but he clearly is still frustrated about how everything went down but he also is like it's my fault he's like i'm not i don't blame anyone else it is my fault that all of these things happened yeah uh it just was really interesting i didn't expect him to be so because I really haven't like paid attention to him, even though I watch cycling stuff. I haven't really paid attention to him like at all. Like I even watched Thirty for Thirty thing, even though I really like cycling. I like I just kind of ignored it all, and now it kind of makes me want to go watch all of those things and be like, was he? Has he like just kind of always been like this? And I think he's still probably kind of a jerk. Like he always, but I think he, you kind of have to be if you're ever that accomplished of an athlete. Like I think some arrogance kind of tends to come with that, right? Like, yeah. um. But it is really interesting because, you know, he was asked a question of like when he was doping, like what percentage of riders were doping at that time? And he's like, probably 90%. Yeah. He's like, so like when people ask like who won, he's like, I still won. Like, it's not like I had this like unfair advantage that no one else in the field was doing. Everyone was literally everyone was doing it. Right. Except for those poor 10% of people who are really trying hard. Yeah, those poor ten percent who probably even had they done it wouldn't have won either, and probably wouldn't have won had nobody done it. But you never know, I suppose, because realistically, like everyone who finished, like some of those years in the like late nineties, early thousands of the Tour de France, it's like the like the fifth place winner is now officially the winner. Like it's real yeah. bad. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so yeah, but anyway, I just was I hadn't thought about Lance Armstrong in so long, and then I watched this interview, and I was like, man, okay, Lance Armstrong, here we go. Uh, but anyway, Josh, with that, let's transition a little bit. <laughs> what have you been playing, sir? Hey, hey, what have I been playing? Well, life hasn't changed too much in the in the uh, aspect of my prioritizing what I play with what time I have. So it's typically uh, still the same, like watch a movie, watch YouTube, or play a game for an hour or two a night. And being sick 
I wasn't doing much of anything when I was sick for a couple of weeks. But uh, that being said, I have spent a very little time with High on Life, which is now on Game Pass, um, as well as very little time with Crisis Core on, on PlayStation, Final Fantasy VII, Reunion, or whatever they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. Crisis Core Reunion. Um both of those games, uh, I haven't put enough time to comment on. I, I did play Crisis Core on the PSP. I still own it for my PSP. Um, Dang. And it plays exactly how I remember it. In fact, I would say <laughs> I expected more graphical upgrades, um, oh. at least at first. But like I said, I've only put a little bit of time in. So I, I think there was something about like some of the... like. FMV videos, like unless they like redid the entire videos, like they couldn't like upgrade. Yeah, the opening video looked great, so it must have been new. But um, okay, I, I I suspect based off some of the things I saw, it's going to be a little rough around the edges, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I liked it on the PSP. Um, what else do I want to talk about? I put, left the letter out. Um, I'm still playing D and D with the group. Um, I missed, oh boy, I missed at least one, maybe two of our, no, I only missed one last week because I was still sick. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we tried doing it over Skype and it just, uh, no one can hear me and I was getting frustrated. So I just left the game (laughs) and I was like, why am I bothering? I'm still not feeling good. Um, so I missed out on that one, which is a bummer, but otherwise I've been there for all of the games we've been playing. Uh, and I'm still enjoying it a lot. It's it's a lot of fun. It's nice to like be start fresh with characters with everybody else at the same time. And uh, Joe, our GM, is really good at uh, you know crafting the game. And he'll send me updates, like paragraph updates on my phone for stuff I missed and things. So uh, that's nice to be a part of and fun. Speaking of, we played some old games like Odin's Ravens. And the mind um, the other day, but we had get together for a game day because since we're waiting between the finishing Gloomhaven and starting, well, waiting for my Frosthaven to actually yeah. arrive at some point, right? Um, we uh, we got back into our Unsettled campaign, which is this game we kickstarted as a group um, by the people who did Vindication. Uh, so far, we've played. Before the last time we just played, we played it two or three times. I, I'm not sure. I think it was maybe three. But we've done the same planet every time, and we haven't finished the planet. We always fall short. Uh, and then, so we decided to play a new planet this time, and it was cool. There was a lot of different changes to it. Added elevation to some of the tiles and mm-hmm. um, different goals. But, of course, as we do, we fell short just right at the end, almost in the last turn. <laughs> No, I uh, got so close, but uh, so that's that's a, that's a lot of fun too. Um, I don't think I played any board games between the last time we talked. Besides those, oh wait, did I do Extra Life? No, that was you did we last talked time. About yeah. Extra Life, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And you so, talked so much about how much you loved play uh, Persona Five, and that was oh, like yeah, one so of your good. favorite games ever. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to play all the other ones coming to Game Pass. <laughs> um. Still playing Marvel Snap. Still really enjoying Marvel Snap. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of some of the new cards. Uh, it's nice to see our Discord has kind of just turned into a Marvel Snap game room. In our Which I'm okay with. Game page, so that's nice too. So I'm going to constantly see people trying new decks and 
and uh, having a lot of fun, which is what I am doing. Having a lot of fun. Uh, I got a Steam Deck. No big deal. NBD. Goodness uh, gracious. Steam Deck. Tricked my wife into letting me get a Steam Deck because she wanted to get a Logitech G Cloud mm-hmm. for her Game Pass. And I was like, well. How about I just give you this Logitech G Cloud? How about I just G-Cloud? give you mine? <laughs> and then she's like, what's a Steam Deck? And I was like, oh, well, it's basically the same thing, but uh, I can play my Steam games on it. She's like, okay, that sounds fine. <laughs> So now I have a Steam Deck. Um, Which so yeah, Steam I'm trying to. Get? I'm just trying to find some good Steam Deck games. Right, I have a huge library to choose from. I got a couple uh, new games to to try, like Resident Evil Three Remake. Um, Dwarf Romantic was like the first game I put on it. Mm-hmm. Um, been playing Street Fighter Five on it because they had the complete game for like nine bucks during the Steam sale or Fanatical or something. Yeah. And that's not Steam Deck verified, but it runs great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my wife try that game designed for it, the Steam Deck. Yeah. But when you had me play Aperture Desk Job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that actually was better on the Steam Deck, as you would imagine. That's good. Uh, so it was really cool. Uh, and the, yeah, still looking for people's suggestions, but uh, 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 I'll put some more games in. And I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I think your Steam Deck is supposed to just be a Vampire Survivors machine. That's what people say, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't tried uh, which, it on there yet. Uh, which version of the Steam Deck did you get? The 512. Oh, you went with the big boy. Yeah. Dang. All I right. If I was going to get it, I might as well get I didn't want to get the base one because it has a slower processor, right? Or a slower memory, one of the two. Yeah, I think the storage the is slower. Yeah. yeah. So I figured I'd at least go with the higher end of that. So, yeah. So, so if you so had good. to pick, yes, your Logitech G Cloud versus your oh. Steam Deck, which like which would you like recommend? I haven't put enough time with the Steam Deck yet. Um, versus how much I played on the, the G Cloud, I would say the G Cloud is definitely more app focused. Like if you want to have like a Google Play device mm-hmm. that also plays like cloud gaming very well. Mm-hmm. Um, that the G Cloud is is good and it's cheaper. But if you want, if you have a big Steam library, mm-hmm. or even like I know you can get like Epic Games Store on it and other right. things as well um, through like backdoors, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I mean it runs hot, much hotter than the G Cloud, but that's because it's basically a computer in your hands, right? Um, so it does run hot depending on what you're trying to play. Um, and it does use Wi-Fi, so I would still say don't get your hopes up. It's not a, you're not running a hardwired connection. So, mm-hmm. like I fired up uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and it ran fine, but there's definitely like once a lot of things start happening, it gets a little slow. You can right. still change your settings, which is nice, but the default settings are like what they recommend you use for the Steam Deck stuff. And how like do you find it? uh the weight to be extremely heavy it's lighter than i expected actually oh that's Um, good then i thought it was gonna be much heavier Mm -hmm. uh based on the size because the g cloud is pretty light Uh, but it's not that bad actually it's not heavy at all i would say well that's exciting yeah uh steam deck i i really want to get all these things like i want a steam deck i want a psvr2 and I just keep thinking about how much time am I actually going to have to play these things? And is yeah. it worth investing in right now? You know? Yep. I hear you on that. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and lastly, no, not, not lastly, God of War Ragnarok. I'm playing God of War. Um, we talked about that a little bit last time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still getting a little bit more of the same. Um, it got a little bit more interesting for me uh, not too long after I was like getting bored of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't like the story. The story is the most interesting part to me, but I'm just really struggling with the, well, I was at the time, I was really struggling with the same e-puzzles mm-hmm. um, and lots of them and nothing really, a couple of frogmen in between for filler uh, <laughs> or like my new, like one of the newest, most annoying, like the Castlevania bats of villains. Oh yeah. Those little slugs or whatever they are. Um. So then it got a little bit more interesting, and I enjoyed that bit that happened. Uh, people will know. I'm not spoiling this game. It's too early. Um, and I like that aspect of the, the first change, and then I kind of got bored of it again <laughs> after not too long of a time. Um, so I don't know. I really want to like the game, so I'm not giving up on it. But uh, also this other game came out that... Uh, Ghost of Protocol, you know, it's so good. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> how many, just really briefly, so I can ballpark, like how many, do you know how many hours you're in on God of War? Oh, I don't. It will okay. say on my PlayStation app. Uh, it might, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It's been fine. <laughs> uh, why can't I see my games? Um, yeah, yeah like, I, I don't... I know it says it on your play on your PlayStation. I don't know if it says it on the app. All right, right, right. Where it says my games that I played. Captures games. God of War. No, it just brings me to the store. Uh, we'll never know. <laughs> I mean, like, not not as long, far long as you've been playing. I can tell you that for sure. Well, yeah, because I'm like low twenties. I feel like I was hoping to be like much much further than I am, but. Yeah, and I'm going to keep playing it. I know that the story is not going to disappoint me. Like, uh, there's no doubt about that for me. Um, So we'll see where it goes. Just it's not getting me the way I thought it was going to get me. Um, So, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, I did play a little bit close to protocol, but I didn't put too much time in Mm -hmm. um, because it came out the same day as Midnight Suns. Yeah. Which, why did I get both? I don't know. Probably because I assumed I would like Midnight Suns more than you, and this would be a game for you. But then I was like, Kyle doesn't like scary games. And this is like jump scare the video game. <laughs> At least the like protocol? The- yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard it's not that scary. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But like at the first, I played it, like when I did the opening, I was like, the first 30 minutes, I was like, Kyle's going to hate this. This is all jump scares. <laughs> um, uh, but that's fine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, en- I'm enjoying the time I spent with it, but. Uh, yeah, Marvel's Midnight Suns. It's kind of weird that I haven't been able to talk about it since it's come out. I don't want to go crazy on it, but oh, go crazy, man, go crazy. Uh, it's it's. I don't want to say exactly what I was expecting. It's better than what I was expecting. That's great. Um, for me, I also know that this is not a game for everybody because of the type of game it is. Uh, I it definitely has some issues where the voice acting. Uh, for some of the characters is pretty bad or pretty medium, I would say. Okay. Pretty stale. I picked the female hunter. Uh, you can do ma- female or male. Um, and there's definitely times where you can tell it's less. 
it's just very flatly said dialogue. And because you can tell, because sometimes there will be like times where they talk where your character does sound actually interested in the conversation. Um, but it's all, all voice acted, like so much voice acting, which I would give it credit for in that regards. And then also when you're not in normal combat, when you're walking around the Abbey and talking to your your group, um, that character animation stuff is rough, rough around the edges. But if you've played any XCOM game or even seen any of them, you know, like it's a very similar style animation. It's not going to blow you away. It's passable, um, but it's not where the game shines. Uh, but what I do like about when you're in the third person mode of the game is it really does feel like a different game. You're essentially playing two different games. One is this like Sims-esque version where you're trying to develop a character. You can also explore the yards and find hidden things, build relationships with some of your like preferred characters, which you know builds experience with them and crafting cards and training and leveling up. All these things are in that main area. But yeah, when you get into those matches, matches, those levels... Um, and you have to pick your team. And I do like that everyone levels up together, where even when they're not on the team, like they, they stay within like a level of each other. Um, but picking your team is very important. And also picking the right cards for which characters you have in is important as well. But I don't think the game is so uh, fussy on that, that you couldn't kind of play the game willy nilly and still be fine. You're just not going to be getting like excellent marks for all the missions you complete. Um, and they obviously will get more challenging if you're not spending the time to do that. But I don't think that that should be what keeps people away from the game. Like that's just another aspect uh, of playing that type of game. Uh, but yeah, as far as that goes, I'm like 30 hours in, I think, uh, to that. The story, um, you can follow or you can just do side missions. You can only do one mission per in-game day oh okay so you do a mission and then you also have in the daytime before you do your mission you have interactions you can have then once your mission is over it is nighttime you have a few more interactions and then you go to bed and start the next day uh, and then eventually like if characters get hurt while you're out in the field you can re- they can recover in those those days off uh before they go back into the field otherwise you start with uh if you play Gloomhaven, a curse, you start with a bug um, for your character. But uh, yeah, I'm having a blast. It's just really got, as a Marvel fan, it's perfect. Gotcha. We'll see if we uh, talk about that a little bit later then. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I've been playing, I think. I probably missed some things. Did you mention, by chance, High on Life? Have you ta- Did you talk about that? I think you mentioned you were playing it, but did you talk yeah, about yeah. it really at all? No, no, I just kind of mentioned that I, I played a couple, like an hour of it, maybe. And what do you think? Because it is, after I finish up God of War, I've been trying to w- decide what I'm going to do next. And my choices yeah. are kind of like, I was going to potentially go back and finish up the Platinum and Horizon. Yeah. I was going to play Midnight Suns, or I was going to play High on Life. Like, those were the kind of the three things I was considering. Yeah. Uh, what are your, I mean, A, <laughs> what would you pick from that? But B, uh, High on Life, is it worth it? Ah, uh, you know, I want to, I got to try, I got to give it some more time, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think I'm just out of that humor. Okay. That's kind I, of what it, I was wondering. 
it just seemed and I give it it's kind of like I might like it like it's like when I try to go back when South Park did like the pandemic special mm-hmm. they're like you gotta watch the South Park pandemic special and I was like I haven't watched South Park in like 12 years right I was right, like right, all right, right but I'll give it a shot and then I was like oh yeah I just kind of fell out of this right um type of humor kind of like i like dane cook at one point in my life <laughs> i think that <laughs> we those all make things mistakes. just yeah they, those things t- tend to change i don't know it might be too early to say that for high on life because i only did basically what uh we, you'd consider like the tutorial right level and a little bit of what happens after that so uh, i do want to play some more but i was to be honest with you i said why am i playing this one i could be playing Midnight Suns. Okay. So I stopped playing it. <laughs> How was the shooting like it felt competent, fine. good, fine? Okay. It felt fine, but you only, at the tutorial, you only have one gun, and I think you get more yeah. as you play. Yeah. So, so it could get better. Did, yeah. I just could decide if I wanted to play it. I, I think one of the reasons you don't see a lot of games that are comedy based is because obviously everyone's, you know, or most people have, you know, unique tastes when it comes to comedy. And if the game, like, if you don't like it, like, the comedy, like, you're just not going to like the game more than likely. You yeah. know, so I think that makes it really hard to be a funny, quote-unquote, funny game. Yep. It, okay. it could well, be great, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. So it'll, it'll maybe it'll be a little further down the priority list then. Because I was also trying to think of something that might be short that I could get done quickly. Because I can't imagine it's a super long game. Yeah, no, I bet it's got to be only, like, six hours long, I bet. You know what? I could check. I could check the Xbox app. How long to beat? Because on the Xbox app, they have incorporated how long to beat. And according to this, eight hours for the main story, 12 oh, wow. hours for the main story and extras, 14 hours for completionist. There you go. So there we yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, it seems like as far as gameplay goes, it seems totally fine. Um, but like I said, just not even long enough to even give a real solid opinion on it. But it looks it looks good. It's like a good looking game. Gotcha. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's the fun stuff. I'll talk a little bit about what I've been playing. Uh, yeah. and it's a lot of the same things, so I do have some new board games. So video game side is a lot of the same things. Uh, playing Overwatch 2 still. Uh, Overwatch 2 is a is it's in a really odd spot. Uh, they are season two has started. Uh, they released a new another new character. Um, still have the same um model of that that new character you can either buy the premium battle pass and the character unlocks right away or you have to get to level 45 of the battle pass now um and and that character will unlock they actually lowered it It was level 55 i believe for season one for the new character uh for this season it's 45 now because i bought the watch point pack which was like the thing to buy to get into the beta before um i got enough credits as part of buying that that you automatically got the first battle pass included in it and i have enough credits for the next two battle passes just from buying that pack um so i did buy that so i did like redeem those for the battle pass so i got the character right away another tank um they're fine i don't know i think that uh they're if you were better at the game than i am they might be better but i'm (laughs) so they just did some buffs to uh ramatra is the name of the tank uh they just did some buffs and now it's actually kind of they're kind of ridiculous now they're actually really really good now because they have this ultimate that uh when you pop their alt um it like sends out like these has like this area of effect and it connects to anyone who's like in that area and it yeah. causes continuous damage to them. Um, and as long as they are connected to someone, their alt just keeps going. 
Like there's no like time limit on it other than if everyone's dead or no one's in the in the thing. Yeah. Well, what they did is it used to like slow Ramatra down a ton. Well, they buffed Ramatra's like walking speed with it. So like you can't outrun her or him now. Like you can't like get away. Because before it was just slow enough that you could like run away and like get out of the field. And now you can't. Yeah. So when you're a support, you're like, well, I'm just dead. Like there's just nothing I can do now. Um, but it is really funny too, because you'll get like two Ramatras who will both alt at the same time, and then their healers will like heal them. So they just like stand there looking at each other, just doing damage to each other, but not enough to kill each other. And it just <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. But anyway. Uh but they're uh overall though the way that they have monetized the game is is pretty bad uh so it is exciting that when free to play a whole bunch of people played it but stuff is super expensive like it's not great things that you're getting uh like josh the it's so bad that there are people like on like the reddits and things like that and the forums honestly genuinely asking them to bring back loot boxes instead that's how bad <laughs> it is this doesn't bode well. I haven't looked into this, but I heard that they're putting a battle pass in Diablo 4. And if that's true, I have no faith in this this Blizzard Activision yeah, like, Studio. Skins are like some of the skins that are like some skins are like $20, and that's all you get is a skin. But it's like a palette swap of like the basic skin and like you but now the character is like wearing a hat. Like it is bad stuff. Now some of the skins yeah. are really cool. I, and I haven't spent any money outside of initially getting the Overwatch point pack. I have, or I have not bought any of the skins that are that are um, available. But it's it's really bad um, and pretty disappointing. The skins that are part of the battle pass aren't too bad. Like there's one like every ten ish levels you get a skin, which isn't bad. Uh, and the and the skin that they have at the end is actually kind of cool because like you can change the colors of it and things like that. Like it's kind of neat. But, like, everything in between is not very good. The monetization of the store is not very good. Um, and what was funny is that they boosted or they lowered the level that you could unlock the character if you're doing the free battle pass. But then without telling anyone, and I'm pretty positive this has been confirmed now through everything I've read, they lowered the amount of XP you get each game, though. Ooh. So, like, they lowered where the character is, but you also can't get there. It's not like you're suddenly getting there as fast as you Jeez. were in Season 1 because they lowered the amount of XP you get in each game. So... Yeah, it's not great. The game overall, I think the matchmaking also needs to get sorted out a little bit. It still is pretty unbalanced. It feels like when you get into games, there are games that you absolutely stomp and games that you get absolutely stomped. There doesn't seem to be a ton of like super competitive games, uh, which is disappointing. But so, yeah, do I still play it? I do because it's what my friends play. Um, but I have had we have had like very like serious conversations about like, hey, like, what else are we going to play instead yeah. of this? The, the problem is, and part of it's on me, is I only play, like, a day or two a week with them um, for, like, an hour. Um, so, like, transitioning to something else, like, I would, like, if we transition to something new, like, there's just no way I'd be able to keep up with them with how often they play in comparison. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the hard part, and that's on me um, just because of my availability right now. So, so yeah, so I, I guess I appreciate that they're not ditching me. <laughs> <laughs> so... So that's Overwatch 2, uh, God of War Ragnarok, uh, kind of like Josh alluded to. I'm still chipping away at it. I'm a little over 20 hours in. Uh, there, I, I still really enjoy the game. I think that there are, from a combat standpoint, there are parts of the game I enjoy more than other parts of the game. I'll just shoot sure. it at that. Um, but I, I do, the story I think is interesting. I think the world that they're building is interesting. Um, I think, I, I mean, I don't think that it's a 
um spoiler to know that odin is in the game because it was in the marketing um but the characterization of odin is so dang interesting it's super super fascinating and just not how you typically see odin um so it's really well done (laughs) yeah I, i just really really like it um so yeah so i'm still playing you know chipping away there i was hoping to have it done before our um today but i obviously am nowhere near that happening um but i am hoping to finish it before the end of the year that is now the goal i'm gonna sit down and get that done obviously then i'm still playing a ton of marvel snap uh i will say speaking of games that have pretty horrible monetization yeah uh the battle pass i don't think is too bad but man those skins and stuff that they've or yeah those like the card variants that they've had recently those are ridiculously priced those are expensive but i'm actually i don't it doesn't bug me so much because i know that you, no one's getting a one-up in, in their decks they're just getting different art but you're also getting a bunch of credit with that too i don't think right. that i would need to spend that much but um i just get worried when i see that that it's going to ch- turn into buying yeah. cards well and you know i've thought about this too is that obviously they have the token market now which is great which basically allows you to um use tokens to acquire a card yeah. um if you want to because you kind of randomly get them i think that is where i'm at though being in you know tier three now and and it's just really frustrating because there's like i really want like xyz card and i just am not getting it and it yeah, is kind yeah. of frustrating that there's no way to get it other than just wait and hope yeah um, you gotta get lucky yeah and that and that i obviously everyone is in that situation but i and i talked about this in the discord the other day i'm in this like weird spot where I'm not playing against people who have just like straight like tier two decks. You know, yeah. everyone is like has like a hybrid of like a couple, a handful of tier three cards that are good. Yeah. But it's almost like depending on what tier three cards I'm playing against, it's like, dang it. Like they got that one and I didn't. I don't even know what to do now. You know, like that's I, I kind of feel that happening a little bit yeah. sometimes. And I know it'll, it, that will pass. But it's just kind of frustrating when I'm like, darn it. I really could use that card in my deck, but they yeah. have it and I don't. And that makes well, me want to whine a little bit. <laughs> It's funny because I have the opposite feeling about that because I'm like, I think that's what makes it exciting and makes me want to play more because I go up against someone and I'm like, whoa. And like that thing comes up and it's like first time seeing this yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. What is it? And I'm like, oh, crap. This is going to kill me. <laughs> I lost but, this thing that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> right. Uh, but then I really like get excited because I want to to get lucky. And it took me months to get Omega Red. I was like, that's the only card I want from this pool is Omega Red. And right. it took me forever to get him. But once I got him, I was like ecstatic. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, I need to probably change some of my decks up a little bit. Um, but I, I'm still really having a great time with it. It is a good, it is a good card game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a, there have been a couple times as of late though, where, had a couple of location like games where like i look at the locations i'm like i'm just quitting this game <laughs> like it's just, yeah. this, this look these locations do not work with my deck in any way shape or form <laughs> um so i'm just gonna quit <laughs> like we're out and i do like the fact that you can retreat at any point and it does like reduce um you know how how like the negative impact that the, that you know losing a game has i i really cannot wait though i know that they said friend matchmaking is coming soon which is I know, awesome I can't or, fri- <laughs> or, or friend uh, you know battling is coming i can't wait though until they have just like a practice or demo because like it does really reduce my willingness to just try so completely wacky things more than once or twice right sure. like because you're like well not that i super care about rank because i i don't but it does it still just feels bad right like losing rank just feels bad 
Yes. Um, yeah. And so you still do lose like one every game, even if you drop out. Right. So you're not like you, you'll eventually, cause like I'll, I'll intentionally lose matches just to get like win one location with four cards. Oh yeah. Cause I'll and do that. I'll all only time focus like- on that. So my like level is, is I don't think I've ever gone past 50 because I drop like some days I'll drop five levels in one day. <laughs> so yeah. So I don't yeah. really focus on that, but that's because I'm having so much fun with it. Though. Otherwise, I would probably care more. Yeah, I definitely do focus like on completing like the missions and stuff like yeah. that. Like, because like, yeah, I hit like you know the next week of the battle pass opens like tomorrow, yeah. and like I had it finished yesterday. You know, yeah. like it's just like waiting, and then I'm like, that's what I use all my gold bar refreshes on are like more missions and like you know because it's just like fun, and that's how you get your collection level up, and that's how you get new cards, and yeah. you know the fun is definitely in the deck building for me and experimenting and trying things out and. Um, I, do you do a lot of like watching like YouTube or net decking or anything like that or not really? Nope. Nope. I just, honestly, one of the things I do like about even the random matchmaking is there's so many people trying so many different decks that that's really kind of how I'm learning about them by playing, getting matched up against like some of these move decks or yeah, like control decks. It's crazy. Yeah. I've had, I've been pretty. I, what I, one thing I have realized though is that I feel like I'm at that level now where people kind of expect me to play in a certain way in the sense yeah. of like because I was playing a discard deck for a while right and like um because I, I think discard's fun I just think it's a, a neat and I got Morbius and um like Moon Knight and stuff and I was like oh this is fun we'll like throw those in there and we'll kind of see how it goes and I got Hella actually that was like the one thing I was like oh we'll jump in and we'll try this see if that's actually effective in discard and I don't know that we actually discard enough cards to make that card effective but anyway um seems really powerful but then when you try it you're like oh maybe not so powerful yeah um but anyway so I had like been like discarding things and discarding things and discarding things and you know the my opponent's obviously seeing Apocalypse it's just getting huge it's just getting huge like Apocalypse was at like 22 or something like that it was just ridiculous right and we get down to the last turn, and I'm pretty positive that they snap, and I'm pretty positive they just expected me to slam Apocalypse. Yeah. But I was like, well, you know, I have two. They have. They can probably get one of these back. So I was like, well, instead of doing that, I'm gonna like play this card over here and play this card over here. And they very clearly did not think I was going to do that. And so then I like, so they were like really battling over this one location that we both had like because my Morbius was there and like that location we were both like in the 30s or 40s at already. And I was like, yeah. well, I'm just going to play these two other cards and take these other two locations rather than trying to force like my apocalypse into this one lane and yeah. win that lane. And then you could, I like, there was just like this, everything played around the even like, this is what you're going to do. And I'm like, that's not at all what I'm going to do. I'm going to play right. this little three, six and this zero three. And I'm just going to win these other two lanes instead. Is that cool? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I like I just, that though. Cause it, cause I can, I, I think sometimes you can see. Yeah based on how someone's playing what they expect you to do and i really right. like spri- surprising them even if i don't win too like the same thing like i'll do something silly yeah just on the off chance that something could help me win not right. knowing like i'm not gonna win but it'll yeah. be fun yeah because there was and just the other day I, I just did a thing where i'm like they were like <laughs> they were really kicking my butt i had like they were kicking my butt in two locations and i had the other location kind of locked down like there was really nothing they were gonna be do there so i was like I'm going to play Shang Chi into this row and take out three of your four cards, yeah. like, and then I'm going to win. Yay! Like, <laughs> like that's all I did. The third six is just played Shang Chi, and that was it. And yeah, yeah, it is kind of fun, though. It is like I still hate leader. I really still hate leader. <laughs> it just is so annoying to me. Um, and I will say, have you run into these leech leader decks? Yes. Oh God, that's so annoying. It's so annoying. 
Yeah, just, I mean, yeah, they're annoying, and so is the um, um, shoot, what's his name? The monk Wang, the Wang, oh, yeah. um, onslaught decks are pretty annoying too. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to see that you have fifty three thousand points in one location. Big deal. <laughs> I'll just let it run. Uh, yeah, it is kind of like I do feel like you have to have some sort of like. I mean, I have. I feel like I have. Uh, oh, what's his nuts? The dog. What's his nuts? Cosmo. Cosmo. I feel like I have Cosmo. On Cosmo was a girl, Kyle. Oh, really? I have no idea. But I feel like I had. I have Cosmo in like almost every deck because Wong decks are like everywhere. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, let's just not do unreveal things this time. How's that sound? Like, because I. I I feel like every other game I'm going against a Wong deck. And I don't have Wong, so I can't even be like, I'm going to beat you at your own thing. Nope, yeah. I have to do something different. So, <laughs> But anyway, enough of that about Marvel Snap. I am pretty positive we'll talk about it more later anyway. Uh, one other thing, then, uh, that happened at the Game Awards is they announced that there was this demo for this upcoming game called Forspoken. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let's try out this demo. Let's see how this is going to go, because... Forspoken is a game that I'm like, I feel like it could be cool, yeah. but is it going to be cool? Well, Josh, I played the demo. Yeah. What do you think about, what do you think? Do you think Forspoken is cool or do you think Forspoken is not cool? Well, I also played the demo. You did and you didn't even put it on your list. Guess why? <laughs> I'm guessing you did not like the demo, Josh. I did not like the demo. <laughs> not at I all. Can't- I don't know if this game is going to be good. That's where I'm at after playing the demo. I think sure. it still has, like, there is still something there, right? Like, there's the mm-hmm. chance that this could be good. Yeah. But I think that, I don't think the demo did a good job of showing us that. I agreed. And I also think that uh, if I were to play this game, I would probably drastically change the controls about what is where on my controller. Yeah, 100%. Because I do not like <laughs> how it is set up. It's just very, very weird. To have to like pull right trigger over and over and over and over, you know what I'm saying? Like no with, real game with does half the that. Feedback. <laughs> yeah, so you're like pu- pulling against this thing. Like <laughs> it just, it, yeah, no real game does that that way. Um, which maybe it does make it better. I don't know, but yeah. So I don't know. I can't. Mm, yeah, it, I don't know. It feels so, like it, it wants to be infamous, but it's not as good kind of, as yeah. Infamous. It kind of feels like that, and. There's a lot of like, and I think the, the demo did not do a good job because it like drops you into the middle with no context for anything. It gives you like 30 seconds of a, here's how you do stuff. But then it's like base, just scraping the surface of what you can do and gives you no context for anything else. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, go to this place and fight these things. And you're like, okay, but you open your menu and there's like a thousand things in the menu. And you're like, yeah. what the crap is all this stuff? And what does this cloak do versus that? And like. So that's where I'm wondering if like the onboarding was better. Like maybe it would be fun. Maybe. But like I I gotta I gotta change some of those control setups because that was not um not ideal, I don't think. So I'm really just confused by it. You obviously didn't like it. I am left confused. Yeah, and that and that is A okay. <laughs> uh also played some um, board games, which was pretty awesome. Uh over mostly towards Thanksgiving. I don't think I talked about these on the last episode. Did I? I don't think so, no. I think I just talked about Terraforming Mars. So, um, first, Isle of Cats. Um, have you talked about Isle of Cats on the show before? I have, yes. I thought so. Uh, so I'm not going to kind of, like, go deep into, you know, Isle of Cats again. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on Isle of Cats? I think it's great. I really enjoy it. In fact, 
We got the. Uh, I was just sitting right there. Uh, Isle of Cats Explore and Draw game that just came out um, because we liked the theming of Isle of Cats and how well it is. Um, I'm, what's the word I want to use? It's easy to teach. It's easy to learn, but one of those games complicated to win. Um, it takes lots of planning, which I, I enjoy that about it. Gotcha. Is that Keystone North America sitting below that? Uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we got, I haven't played that yet either. I have it, but I haven't played it yet either. We got Arcana Rising. Just. Oh, nice. Oh, that cover it. is pretty. Is that foiled? Yeah. It's their like a uh, Kickstarter. Oh, very foil cool. Back to. We uh, just got, um, well, we just picked up Cascadia, which I'm going to talk about. But yeah. we also just got um, uh, Micro Macro Crime City. And um, we didn't have Sushi Go Party, so we got that too. We just nice. had regular Sushi Go, so we got Sushi Go Party, uh, which we're going to play with like my in-laws and stuff when they come, um, and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and all that good stuff. But anyway, Isle of Cats. Um, I, I, I don't know if I just haven't played them a lot lately, or I just haven't like played them before, prior. But in the last like two to three years, I feel like poly, um, polyomino games have like really kind of become like a thing. Yeah, that I think, we're seeing I think a lot more new. polyomino games. Um, and Isle of Cats is no different. Overall, I do really like Isle of Cats. I like the idea that you are, you know, kind of exploring the island by drafting those cards and you, you know, rescue cats and you're, you know, finding your treasures and finding the fancy cats and all that stuff. Like, I do think it's kind of a neat setup and like process through everything. The one thing that i can't quite figure out though in the times that we've played it um is you know i do enjoy like the drafting ahead of time right where you take your cards pass them to the next person take their cards yada 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 uh when you're only playing with two people though yeah sometimes it takes a long time to like just see a lot of cards right like there were yeah. there were times where i was like okay between the two of us we have like three baskets total the two that you st- the one that each of us starts with and then there was enough cards to get like one other basket yeah. That, that you need in order to actually like rescue the cats to put in your boat and i i felt like that happened a little more than i thought it would where we just sometimes had so few opportunities to actually rescue cats and that was i think the biggest thing that for me and maybe that is mitigated when you play with more people i don't know um but that was just the one thing for me is that i felt like i had a really hard time ever being able to draft to uh rescue enough cats to fill my boat to any like reasonable capacity yeah um because you do get negative points for obviously like the rooms you don't complete open spots yeah and open spots and i never really felt like i could get to a point where i had very few open spots left um and like yeah. the first time we played i was like oh clearly we need to focus more on rescuing cats yeah the second time i was like i'm gonna focus like all on rescuing cats and just i still couldn't do it so wow. i was like and i was ending games with like a crap ton of money yeah. I was like, I had like all this money that you had to pay to be able to rescue cats. I had so much. And I'm like, I'm just not, I was like taking every basket I could. I was taking everything I could do to try to rescue as many cats as I could. Yeah. Um, and it just wasn't happening. So I don't know. Maybe, like I said, that was just a fluke of the few times that we played it. But overall, I still like and enjoy the game. It's, it was one of those situations where it definitely was happening to both of us. So it made things pretty balanced. But I, I went on to read. I was like, are we just messing something up? Um, so I was just reading some forums and people are like, well, usually by this time my boat is full. I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> like, how is your boat full? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but Isle of Cats is pretty great. Definitely recommend it. Um, it is a, I don't know. I think it's not totally a gateway game, but uh, it's also not like a super heavy game, right? Like it is a yeah, little bit thinky. Yeah, it's definitely in between. So if you are looking to kind of take that next step from the gateway, um, I think Isle of Cats is a, a great option. It's also really easily available. You can get it at 
you know, target, target even and things like that. So really a kind of a great place to go as far as that goes. Um, so in addition to Isle of Cats, then another game that we played was Spirit Island. Nice. So Spirit, Spirit Island is a game we've been meaning to play for a very, very long time. Um, it's a little bit older. It came out in 2017. Um, yeah. And it's the designer's Eric Royce, um, who's done a, uh, you know, I think is definitely best known for this game, but also did. There's something else I'm thinking of that he did that I can't remember. But anyway, definitely best known for Spirit Island. Um, and Spirit Island, the cool thing about it is it is kind of the anti of most other games. It's the anti-colonialism game. Yeah. Most games you're going in, you're like discovering land, like taking it over. And in this, you play the you know native inhabitants of an island and there's and the spirits that they kind of worship and believe in um and you are protecting the island from these you know people who are like coming in and trying to take it over uh people said that this game is hard josh this game is hard oh i know (laughs) (laughs) people have said that this game is really like heavy and complicated josh this game is really heavy and complicated yes it is (laughs) uh but in it you each get to you it's you know you and it is a cooperative so you and the other people playing each t- um, take on a different spirit on the island. Those uh, those spirits have um, variable player powers and like everything that they do is completely different from the other ones about how you interact with um, the board and the, and the um, folks who live on the island, um, as well as like those who are colonizing the island and the way that you fight things. Um, and I will say, Josh, I absolutely love this game. Yeah, it is so <laughs> good because I love the fact that there's really no way to like alpha gamer this right like even though it's a cooperative like what i am doing and what i can do and what my in this case erica was doing what she could do were so drastically different that there was no way for me to be like oh you should do this thing because i don't know what she can do i have no idea what she can do with the card she has in her hands what's available to her like it's you know so it is very much thinking about okay based off what the the board present you know the board state is in front of me what i have in my hand what can i do to effectively you know, see into the future and try to mitigate what's going to happen. And the game does a nice job of being like, okay, here's where things are going to get really, like, here's where attacking is going to happen. So what are you going to do to mitigate that? Here's where building is going to happen. So is there something you can do to mitigate that? Like you always kind of know what's coming, but still it makes it really, really hard. Like you almost, you're always just short of enough resources to be like super, super powerful, right? You're like, Oh, I can do this thing that's pretty good. If I only had this thing, then I could do this as well. And that'd be really awesome. Like you're always just short. Like the game is balanced so well that you are like, okay, I can do some stuff, but maybe not everything I want to do. So then it's like, well, picking between like those options that you have, like what's going to be best. Oh, it is so good, Josh. I think this might be um, in my now top five favorite games, like of all time. I love this game. I had so much fun with it. We played it so many times. The, and the spirits play so differently and there's like dozens of more spirits that you can get through I was expansions. Gonna say, did you get any of the expansions yet um we have not yet we were we've talked about whether we're going to do that or not there's another expansion even coming out next year it's all one at target right now so yeah like this game is great uh like i said uh if you are not into heavy games like this one is a doozy there's a lot of like very specific like individual rules because all the gods are a little bit different you know order of things happening is really important like it it is something that is pretty darn complicated and it's very hard to win so if you're like well i like to win my cooperative games this might not be the best option right um and the nice thing is though is once you get a handle on like the base level of it you can make it more and more and more and more complex you can make it as complex and challenging as you want to um so even if you get to a point where you're like well we got this down uh you can make it as hard as you want to um so spirit island it is awesome uh i really really like it i'm bummed we waited so long to play it uh, but now i'm very glad that we have played it so awesome 
how do you I, I know you like it josh but is it like yeah how 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 much do you like it well i haven't uh, it's so difficult that it's hard for me to find people that want to play it and then when oh, you gotcha. do it's like do you want to try to reteach the rules or <laughs> oh yeah, yeah you know um i think when i first when we first played it it was difficult i think we played it um we played like the first game but like half of the game because it was just so frustrating so then we you know we tried it again um and really enjoyed it but again it was just very um challenging but i really liked the a lot of the stuff you talked about um as far as like the different ways that each character plays um but also i don't know that i like this aspect of it but just like seeing how quickly the the colonizers it will keep coming like yeah. re- relentlessly it really felt like we were doing something wrong, like not giving ourselves a break, but really that's just how it was playing out was like just an unrelentless wave of bad guys that just was like impossible to, to like stop. Um, Yeah. But it was fun. I enjoyed it, especially like putting up to little houses as they're like becoming bigger and yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed that. Well, and what I really like about it, too, is that obviously, like, your job and your goal is to spe- spread fear, basically. And as you spread fear, it adjusts your win conditions. So the more fearful the colonizers get, the, e- quote, unquote, easier it is to win yeah. um, because you have to, like, meet less conditions. So I, I do think that that pr- progress is nice because you're right. There were parts of the game where we're like, you know what, like, this, like, specific, like, like one or two, like, portions of the board, like, we just have to say, like, that's Goodbye. just... <laughs> goodbye like there's just nothing we can do about those areas yeah. right now like we'll come back like when we have to to try to like get that final victory of what we need to do but like right now like we just have to say be at peace with the fact that they're going to take that over and they're yeah. going to ravage it and there's nothing we're going to do and it's going to spread blight so like we can control the blight if we do xyz but like that part is just gone for now you know yeah. and that's it's tough to like just give up on portions of it and be like there's just nothing we can do so yeah <laughs> um all right. So the final game then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, as far as like complexity goes, is uh, finally played C- Cascadia. Yeah. Um, we we were looking to pick up a few games that we could play with the family, and Cascadia was one of those games we've always meant to to get and just had never gotten around to it. So we finally picked it up. Um, winner of the Spiels this Yaris this year, you know, uh, definitely a light game, but really just kind of about uh, an abstract game about you know, tiling and, and figuring out a puzzle of, of you know, drafting ostensibly um, little hexagons and uh, discs that are represent different animals. Um, and then you have to place the hexagon along your, you know, your pre-existing board um, and then place the disc on a corresponding, you know, marker that represents that. So the tiles that you draft have different land types on them, and then they also have a stamp or, or a or marking for different animals um so you're both trying to like have as like continuous as you can of different types of of um uh what's the word i'm looking for the same different types of like land so you're like oh i have a whole bunch of mountains strung together I have a bunch or of water if it's strung like together. yeah three bear habitats connected together or two elk yeah yeah and then also at the same time trying to be like okay how can i also then balance like how these animals score right like yeah. for like you know uh salmon it's like they have to be in like a continuous line and for you know bears it's like two bears together with no bears around them at least on the base base one yeah. uh, but then the cool thing is is that there's different cards for ways that you can like 
do scoring for each of the animals, right? So the base ones are pretty straightforward, but then they have these more complex ones. And so for salmon, instead of being like a continuous line, it's like, oh, as many lines of three to four or five as you can get. So yeah. it's like, oh, I have three lines of three. That's X number of points. Um, it's really great. It's a really straightforward. It's really light. Um, <laughs> we were really confused at it for a while, though, because uh, when <laughs> the game had gotten set up, uh, we didn't pull out the right number of tiles by one. So I was like, wait a second, you started and you get to go last? Like, how does that, how is that fair? Like, I was like, I don't understand. We had to pull one more tile out where I was like, oh, wait, so that means I just took my last turn. Dang it. Like, so like, it was not like, I was like, I thought I was going to get, I thought we had maybe like taken one too many out. So I was supposed to get like yeah. one more, but anyway, but it's really great <laughs> if you um, are interested in um, kind of that. It's a game that's pretty straightforward is like learning how to play it is, is really easy but then there is still like thoughtful decisions to be made like every time you're drafting yeah. things like it's like okay you know what is the best here for me to take how am i going to work this through and you know we at the beginning were a game like man we did not see any bears for a really long time and i was like well i have this one bear on my starting one i was going to try to do something with this but when you're not getting a bear until like 20 turns in again you're like oh goodness gracious so so yeah it's really fun i really like it i i can see why it won the spill to Ciaris. um I do think that I wonder how this would play with four people. Um, yeah. Two and three seems pretty good. Like we played it with two. I think it'd probably be pretty good with three. I wonder how it would be with four. Um, maybe it'd be fine. I don't know. But yeah, but yeah, I really like it. Um, so if you're interested, um, I, I want kind of a light, maybe different game than what you've seen before, but su still super easy to learn. Um, I think Cascadia is great. I know you, you like it as well. Yes. I do like it a lot. Yeah. Yep. So cool. So that's what I have been playing as i <laughs> knock my microphone stuff around uh so with that josh you know we're gonna do things a little bit different today we're already you know over an hour into the episode um so instead of going through like a ton of news um we were gonna mostly you know spend the day the evening talking about our favorite things of the year yeah uh do you have any board game news by chance you want to talk about or anything in the board game world that you wanted to chat about before we kind of move on to other stuff you know it's funny because i think my uh board game news uh, keepy, keepy uppy has <laughs> been, uh -huh. been pretty bad since we changed our format. Um, so I haven't really looked at, at board game news. Like I'll see if it pops up on Twitter, um, or, or Facebook out of all places. But yeah, um, there's a bunch of some magic stuff going on. I don't want to talk about cause it's depressing with this yeah. Hasbro. I can't tell if it's Hasbro's fault or not, but man, uh, <laughs> they got some issues going on over there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen too much news. Has anything stuck out to you board game news wise, except for maybe the Frosthaven announcement for their uh, RPG, the Gloomhaven RPG? Um, I don't. I don't really think so. I mean, there hasn't been and this, I think even more than video games because board games tend to get really quiet at the end of the year as far as stuff happening. Um, I mean, I, there was a uh, dice breaker. They did an interview um, with Kickstarter and they found out that, um, you know, board games, RPGs, like kind of all that tabletop stuff has made over $1.5 billion on Kickstarter, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and they actually, their success rate, their funding success rate for board games is 65%. Whereas for the rest of the site, uh, success of um, funding is only 40%. So oh, wow. overall, yeah, games do <laughs> quite a We've always known that games did well on Kickstarter, but they do um, pretty well compared to just about anything else that's out there. Um, 
so yeah so i mean not so much other than that there is um also is this done now i think it ends today there are some those disney lorcana uh trading card game yeah (laughs) Yeah, some of those cards have from that were given out at d23 are are on the market to bid on if you want to um that some bidding sites have had them um right now uh one of them specifically is about 1200 bucks uh, that's what it's going for actually the auction ends in 23 minutes josh if you want to get in on that uh, 1225 dollars <laughs> is the current bid for a lorcana uh, mickey mouse brave little taylor card if you're interested that is signed by i don't know who who cares <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so you know that, other than that though like i said not too much has been going on i feel like it, it has been uh, pretty quiet as the year ends uh, as far as board games go so not too much else that w- was jumping out to me as far as that goes so then, I mean, I think that means that we have to talk about the Game Awards, right? I think someone's got to talk about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about it, but we're not going to really talk about the winners um, because I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't feel like there was anything that was like a huge surprise. I barely even remember anything that won. Uh, yeah. Because that's not what the Game Awards is about. <laughs> I know. The only game that won that I was surprised by was that for best sports racing, Gran Turismo 7 won. That's the only thing that surprised that me. That was surprising, actually, yeah. You're so right. that was like the one surprise. But uh, there was the announcements. Um, and, you know, the Game Awards yeah. more and more has become more of an, an announcements-focused show um, that, you know, I think there was, what, like five or six maybe um, actual announcements uh, or yeah. awards given, like, on stage. Uh, yeah. We also will not talk about what happened for the Game of the Year one because that was ridiculous. But <laughs> not that... Obviously not that what won, but what happened after that. Um, so let's talk Wolf. then about <laughs> the announcements, Josh. Sure. Um, a, did you watch the Game Awards live or, or how did I, you? Every uh, minute. <laughs> you did? Okay. I did not. I had class. So I was not able to watch it live. How you? What was your overall thoughts before we jump into the announcements? Overall, what do you think of the quality of it this year compared to past years? What were your thoughts on the Game Awards overall? Quality was great. Um, came out. They came out swinging. I think it kind of fizzled out in the middle. Uh, and then it kind of just, you know, came to a steaming pile of a stop at the end, <laughs> but otherwise yeah. it was, I think it was pretty strong up front, but again, just uh, another show that's too long, that, that, you know, too long for one thing. And it is too that's long. Fine. I still enjoy watching it, but, um, I get why people tune out at some point. They, they shouldn't front load it so much if they really want to keep people's viewership you get to space out those big announcements or what some people would argue are big announcements yeah i and maybe it's because it was early um i feel like almost some of the pre-show announcements were bigger than many of like, yes. the in show some like, pretty big pre ones too yeah. yeah so um but yeah overall like i watched it after the fact but i kind of fast forwarded like through basically any award anything i and so i just kind of um, but I think overall, as far as just announcements go, I feel like it was pretty good. Like, I was pretty yeah. impressed with the quality of announcements that were there. Um, I was slightly surprised, and, and and I know that they've said this will be remedied in early 2023. I was slightly surprised by how little Xbox was there. Yeah, I think that uh, I didn't really track it, but the internet certainly tracked it for me when I was over. <laughs> yeah, I was especially just Kotaku. Surprised. 
Yeah. So, uh, but you know, like I said, if they're going to do their own thing in early 2023, which is what it sounds like is happening, totally makes sense then. Like I totally get it. Yeah. Um, and not that it, it's like bad or that I'm saying they should have been there. I was just surprised because obviously, you know, they announced their next console <laughs> on right. the game awards before. So it just seems like, you know, that they, it just was odd that they went from doing massive reveals there to basically nothing other than some game pass commercials. It's, right. I felt like so, but Okay, with that then, Josh, uh, do you want to? Do you have like a handful, two, three, four, whatever it might be, five uh, of announcements that you are most excited by? Things that you were like that were like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, wh- what were the things that uh, you know gave you a little a little flutter in your tummy? Yeah, let me start with the pre-show stuff. Actually, yeah. um, I-, I was just so very excited to see the Dead Cells Castlevania crossover. It just looks so cool, and they really nailed it with the music, yeah, and the animation. Um, so I can't wait to see what that is all about because uh, it just seems perfect, right? Perfect mashup. Yeah. Um, and it gives me a reason to play Dead Cells again because I really love that game. I was actually thinking the exact same thing. Like when they saw when they when that trailer started, I was like, oh, this totally looks like Dead Cells. Uh, yeah. I was like, man, I really liked Dead Cells. I really need to play <laughs> it was a great game. To that. It was great. So, yeah. Um, Hellboy, Web of Weird. Uh, uh, just an announcement. I couldn't tell if that was proper gameplay or if it was, you know, uh, CG gameplay, but I love the art style of, of I want to say Mike Magnata or Magnati. I'm going to mess his name up. Um, but like those OG Hellboy comics. And uh, yeah, I just love Hellboy. So it's really cool to have this content coming. I uh, will say that was, I'm not a huge Hellboy person, um, yeah. but what I do like is that game looks different than anything yes. else out there really right now. And I appreciate when, you know, developers take swings like that. Like, yeah. even if I don't like it, I, I will still appreciate this game and the fact of what they're trying to do and the tone they're trying to set with it. Like it, it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I think that the uh, hide and seek mode in among us is ingenious and pretty cool that they're doing that. I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays. Because if if you just know where hiding spots are all the time, you could just go there and press X to kill. And if nothing's there, just keep moving on. Right. Um, but it seemed really cool. So I'm interested in checking that out. Um, not much to say about Street Fighter VI because it was just kind of a bland teaser. I, you know, showed a little bit more of the overworld, which I was more excited for before I saw how, like what that looks like. Um. But I'm excited for the game itself, for the gameplay. Uh, I feel like from what we saw from the outside of the game, combat stuff, it looked like a different game than the Street Fighter game. So I, I'm not like, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Have you, did you play the demo? Because there was a demo again this weekend. Did you play that at all? A or Street not Fighter? a demo, but a beta or whatever. Oh, no, I had no idea. I would have loved yeah, there to was do a, that. There was a beta weekend this weekend, I think. Shoot. Yeah, I had no clue. I was watching Maximilian Dude play. Oh, nice. I, you know, uh, for how little I play fighting games, I still actually watch kind of a lot of things about fighting games. Yeah. I really want to play them. I just stink at them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, shoot. I'm, I'm bummed I missed that. I'll have to see if they're doing it again. Uh, for me, I guess, like, we could, uh, I'm excited. There's a lot of things we could talk about from the show, but I mean, I had no idea that Hades 2 was coming. And in fact, when they showed Supergiant, I was like, oh, cool, their next game. And then I heard the Hades music. I'm like, they can't right? even use original music for their new game. <laughs> and then I realized that 
that is not the pr- actually what's happening. Um, so I like I like the idea of changing their protagonist and mm-hmm. um, telling a different story, but keeping that awesome gameplay loop the same. It looks like or at least pretty similar. Yeah, um, just like graphically overhauled as well. So I can't wait. I was very excited for that trailer. Yeah, Supergiant never misses, and I don't anticipate that they're going to here either. Um, yeah, and I think that whenever they announce their next game, it was a safe bet it would be a, like at the Game Awards or something sure. like that, um, just because of kind of the role that they play in right now. And yeah, I'm really excited about this. Obviously, Hades, even though I loved it, you like loved it, loved it. I still um, love it. I still play it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So yeah, I'm really excited about this. The, the, what this trailer did was make me want to go back and play more Hades. Like that's what yes. it 100% yeah. did. So yeah, and we got to look at Judas, kind of. Yeah, kind of. An idea of what the game wants to be. <laughs> well, you know, what I thought about was interesting about Judas, right? Is, you know, Ken Levine, first game since, like, you know, Bioshock 2. He did the third one, not the second one, right? He, he did I one and three, not two, right? Oh, one and I can't three, remember. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, but anyway, it was like, okay, he, he you know, went with a smaller team and he went away and he's going to do this, you know, thing and it's going to be all these, like, narrative Legos is, like, the, the term that he uses all the time about how he's telling the story. And maybe that's all true when I actually play the game. But gosh darn it, if you would have told me that's the next Bioshock, I would have been like, yep, right. I it just agree. Looks it like is. Bioshock. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, which I'm still excited about. Like, I think I, I like Bioshock, so I'm down for that. But I was like, man, that really just seems like the next Bioshock. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I you should go. Out to you. I could talk more, but you should talk about some things at least. Well, I mean, I think you've done a good job so far of hitting some highlights. Um, (laughs) Where's your hype level for Star Wars Jedi Survivor? It's not as high as what apparently everyone else's is, but I still think it looks great. Um, That was like, I really liked the game, but it, you know, it didn't, I don't think it fit my top 10, uh, top five of that year. So like it was a fine game. I think that this new game obviously could improve on a lot of things that we had issues with mainly like the jumping traversal and all that kind of stuff which was just really like a course in patience uh which you shouldn't have to go through to play a video game but uh they really nailed the jedi powers and and um the actor who plays cal kestis does a great job so i'm excited for more story with that and to see where his character goes but um i'm not too like i'm excited to play it but i'm not pre-ordering it over the moon excited yeah like you know star wars jedi is like kind of i mean i haven't watched um what's his nuts yet what's his nuts is back again (laughs) what's this yeah it's it's the thing um the show on disney plus yeah i've not watched andor yet which i hear is amazing uh, but also not including that, like Star Wars Jedi is like kind of been like my favorite Star Wars thing as of late. Okay, yeah. Um, I really liked the first game. There, there were some issues with it, um, and I do hope I, if I had been there live in person, I would have been like, show the map. Like that's like, like <laughs> I really want to see what the map looks like. The map was so bad. Um, but I, I'm excited about this game. I think that I'm not wild about when it's coming out. I, I think I might be. A lot of games that are coming out earlier in the year. Um, this is better than if it had been in February. I'll take March. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited about it. I do enjoy that action combat style of game. Like, I really like those. And I think um, this is a, a good foray. I think the first one was a good first one. So if they can make the jumps that we like to see in a sequel, I think it could be something really, really fun and really cool. Um, speaking of sequels, uh, DSA or DS2. Yeah. Uh, 
in what is maybe like the worst kept secret that there's a sequel to Death Stranding coming. Uh, and, you know, Jeff Keighley, he and his whatever his relationship is with Hideo Kojima. Um, what do you think about the Death Stranding, Stranding 2 trailer, Josh? Well, I thought it was interesting. Uh, it was not as much Kojima as I expected, so it wasn't cr- weird. Uh, but they also like I was surprised at the amount of spoilers. I know the game is old. It's not that old on PC. Um, but if you played any Death Stranding, you can tell some very obvious spoilers in this trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, I'm really and I haven't finished Death Stranding, but even I was I able mean, to piece together to. what happens at the end. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so I thought it was interesting that they like they didn't put as much secretive stuff in the trailer as usual. Yeah. Um, but knowing Kojima, that could, they could also be all decoy videos that aren't even in the game. Yeah. Well, that yeah, is interesting. It, looks, it looks cool. It does look cool. Uh, you know, his games always tend to look very good. Uh, I thought that it was notable that they said DS2 during the whole presentation. They never said Death Stranding 2. Yeah. And then on Kojima's, on their YouTube channel, it's Death Stranding 2 working title. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. So we'll we'll see if it uh, sticks to that or kind of what happens there. Um, yeah. Uh, another one that for me uh, was pretty big uh, was Horizon Forbidden West DLC. Yeah. There was a little bit of a leak of this a little ahead of time. Uh, what are your thoughts about going to the Burning Shores, Josh? Uh, very cool. I'm excited to play any more of this game that they want to give me. So uh, I'm not going to make the mistake I made from the first Horizon by not playing Frozen Wilds for two years. I'm going to jump right in on this. Yeah, that's actually why I was like, well, maybe I'll wait on going back for the, my Platinum. I might like time that a few weeks before burning shores comes out so that way i remember how to play the game again by the time Burning Shores yeah, comes out. Well, so, so i might yeah. push that off till early april um are you should we be as excited about armored core as we're supposed as apparently we're supposed to be <laughs> no because people no, are really no, no. stoked about armored core and i i don't remember armored core being very good josh i liked the first three armored core games yeah um and then they got a little bit unwieldy for me like they got more like mech warrior and less like the armored core i remember more sim yeah. more sim than arcade so that's kind of where they lost me it was i think at armored core uh three yeah um i did think that um when announcing it i thought jeff Keeley was gonna have like was having a moment i was like goodness gracious he's oh. stoked about this game he was very <laughs> excited to, to talk about armored core uh i i thought the trailer was pretty cool yeah yep that's a cool trailer. i was like well that's a cool trailer uh Final Fantasy 16, Josh, are you going to play some Final Fantasy 16? Yeah, I think I probably am going to play it. Uh, it looks great. It doesn't look like what I remember. I mean, it, it gets closer in this trailer to what they kind of showed us originally. Right. Which is what I was excited for. But um, we'll see how it plays out. But I I, I I like the focus on the summons again. I like yeah. like in that they're more than just summons. They're like these events. So that's kind of like Final Fantasy VII. It was like to get summons, you had to beat summons. And I don't remember how long it's been since I've had to do that in a proper Final Fantasy game. So yeah. if that's yeah, where they're sure. leading, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I do think the game looks fun. Uh, I, I think the combat is uh, looks far more engaging than I anticipated it was going to like way back in the day, you know, whenever they say Final Fantasy. And I, I think the... Final Fantasy VII remake effect is is you know I think we're going to see through you know yeah. Final Fantasy games moving forward. Uh, I think this probably meant more to you than it does me, Josh. But what was your thoughts about the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League trailer um, and their announcement of Kevin Conroy 
having that be his final performance as Batman. Uh, it was nice that they did threw that in there, but I it just seemed unnecessary. Oh, okay. Are we like we're still not getting what we want to see from that game? So like, you can throw me cinematic trailers all you want, but I, now at this point, I just feel like you're just spoiling the story beats because now you're gonna play the game and see the same cutscenes yeah. in the middle of something. Like you don't have to keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that May 26th release date? Do you, I wish he just kind of like said nonchalantly, and I was like, I don't think we knew that before. No, I mean, it's been delayed twice now, I think. Maybe once, definitely once, I think twice. I I don't, May seems very, uh, I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, that's a little bit of, yeah, yeah. Um, We'll see. I I feel like I think we're looking at October, November. Yeah, I think that might be more likely. Uh, What did you think of that? (laughs) As what might, I don't know. I thought this was a pretty bad trailer. Uh, the Ascendant Studios EA original Immortals of Avium. Do you remember this trailer? Uh, I don't even remember it, so it definitely wasn't memorable to me. <laughs> okay, excellent. Then we don't need to worry too much about that. Uh, what did you about, think about Diablo 4's trailer, though, Josh? And a June release for Diablo 4. Yeah, you know, everyone's so excited, and I'm now I'm all like, I, if I have to wait till June, I don't want to talk about Diablo 4 right yeah. now. <laughs> We've been waiting for so long. That's just so much longer. Um, it is. Like, I was expecting them to be like, February 1st. Like, great, that's still too long to wait for this game. Um, Yeah, and then the more news I'm hearing, the less excited I'm getting. I really thought this was going to be, like, my big next big game. Like, as much as I love the Diablo series, Mm -hmm. I think Immortal really spoiled it for me. Yeah. And um, I wasn't so... I wasn't as down on it as people were when it came out, but it does get to a point where you have to pay to play to be successful and i don't like that model like if i'm paying 70 dollars for diablo 4 i don't want a battle pass in my game right no like that makes... that's insane yeah. so i don't know we'll see when it comes here but i'll complain more about it in march i'm sure once we have more information <laughs> gotcha uh that i mean that halsey performance is pretty fire though right I, I like halsey that was a good performance yeah i thought the performance was really good uh okay one game that totally threw me off that i was not expecting transformers reactivate yeah i thought it was titanfall 3 <laughs> i thought it was like titanfall or something as well or somebody else being like well if they're not gonna make titanfall we'll yeah, make we'll titanfall. It, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah i thought that was pretty interesting uh yeah other than that i think the only other thing that really jumped out to me um was uh the cyberpunk expansion apparently yeah. we just need more celebrities to be in our game to have i'll take it just all in my video games i'm okay with that anything else that stuck out to you josh uh no i think the last thing i was going to mention was cyberpunk i think you got it all i did think it was funny that they kept saying wait we got tekken 8 new new trailer tekken 8 yeah and uh they didn't they didn't show anything yeah and this thing in that Digital Trends says Tekken 8 got a new trailer revealing lots of new fighters. That that did not happen. <laughs> they didn't Maybe it happened if any you had new fighters. up on the Tekken 8 news, right? Like if you Maybe. weren't really plugged into Tekken 8, you're like, oh, I didn't know all these people that you already said were going to be in it. We're in it. That could be a thing, right? They All they did was show characters that were from the other Tekkens. Right. <laughs> and yeah. it was CG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, so if you had to pick like top two things you were most excited about from the show, Hades two for sure. 
And then I would say Horizon DLC, probably number two. <laughs> We're like the same person, Josh, because those would also be my two, <laughs> my two things. So I'm really stoked about Hades too. Me too. Me also. All right. Well, listeners, what was your favorite announcements from the Game Awards? Let us know. Um, like I said, the the awards themselves, I don't know. I thought they were pretty rote. Like I was like, yup, <laughs> when everyone won whatever they won. I was like, that makes sense. So cool. Hey, let's do some end of the year wrap ups. How's it sound? That sounds good to me. Awesome. Well, let's start. We're going to start with board games. Um, we'll talk about just some things in general. Um, so starting, you know, kicking things off, just, you know, favorite board games you played this year. Uh, big thing, like I said, for this, there's some of these for me came out this year. Some, a lot of them didn't. Sure. Um, but they were like I, the first time I played them this year. Um, I have, let's see, what do I have on my list? One, two, three, four, five. I have six that I, that really stuck out to me. I played more than six games, but like kind of six that I'd be like, oh, these would be like in contention for like my favorite, like top 50, top sure. whatever, like a list of board games. Um, so how many do you have? I probably don't have six. I probably have four or five because I did okay. not play a lot of board games this year. <laughs> okay. So I'll just kick off with a couple then and I'll throw yeah, it yeah. to you. Um, so one being a game that was um, high on my hype list um, just because it's a designer that I really like. Uh, and then, you know, it was a, a game that just it was, was taking up a, a bunch of space in my mind and in my home um and that's foundations of rome nice uh so foundations of rome obviously a emerson matsuchi game um you know he he's done a lot of games that we really enjoy he's obviously been a guest on the show in the past uh but this game just for the like simplicity of the game but also the cool like thoughtful decisions you get to make right like the game isn't complicated it's very straightforward as far as like trying cards to reserve spots to then you know collecting things to like build houses or build buildings and depending on the buildings that you build you get different points you know d- depending on the type of building it is and the shape of the building is the size of the building is like all that good stuff um but it just i know that some people knock the size of the game and it is completely overproduced but darn it it looks really cool like when you step back from that you're like we built this thing like look at how cool the city looks and then when you're thinking about like building rome right like there's just this really different feeling of like having all these large chunky 3d model pieces that you're placing on your board that is like really creating this 3d city rather than just this like flat plane of like if you had like you know a board and like cardboard chits that you're putting out that were just those shapes right like i don't know i just really like it i think there's a lot of simplicity in the design and i think that's something that emerson does so well is he makes it a game that is both straightforward and streamlined, but gives you interesting decisions to make. Yeah. Um, and I think Foundations of Rome kind of does that uh, in spades um, along with his his previous games. So that's one. Um, and then probably the next one that I would throw on my list um, was My City. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of legacy games. I've always been a, been a fan of legacy games. Um, and my city, you know, being de- designed by Reiner Knizia, who is kind of like one of the OGs of game design, having him do a legacy game that was, uh, light and accessible, uh, I thought was going to be pretty interesting. Uh, and it was, I love the fact that, you know, each game took 30 minutes. Um, you pay, play through all of the games, you know, the 24 episodes that it is, and they're all, you know, every three to four episodes, you're getting kind of a, a, a new take on the, a, the similar idea of how the game plays. Um, and, you know, your experience and the, the people playing with you, like the way your boards look are completely different by the time the game is done. 
Um, and then you have this board that you can then play kind of the base My City game on if you want to, right? Or on the flip side of the boards is like the generic, like here's like the base board um, to, to play the game. So uh, I think it's really cool that it has both that legacy aspect that is manageable enough, even though it's a large number of episodes, since it's so quick to play. Like you can literally be like, hey, we got 20 minutes before bed. Let's bust out an episode of this. Um but then you also have like kind of the worry everyone has with legacy games of like, well, then you never get to play it again. Number one, yeah. how many games do you play 24 times anyway? But number two, um, this one doesn't have that issue because you can use either your finished board from my from the legacy campaign or the flip side of the boards has like the general board for playing the game on it. So I really loved it. I think it's a really easy first recommendation for um a legacy game because it's really easy to understand it's also like 30 bucks for the game like or 35 dollars yeah. like it's really affordable um so my city would be a, a second game that would be in, in contention for like a favorites game list of all time so nice what about you josh what's one or two of yours well i wanted to put seven wonders architects on my list but yeah. i only played it once and i don't it's been so long that i don't remember why i love like really liked it <laughs> Um, so I feel, I feel like it'll be unfair for me to recommend it, not remembering why I liked it. Um, but I know that I liked it. It's just been so long. Uh, so I would put, um, Cascadia would probably be right here for me on this area of, of the list. I didn't really rank them as most enjoyable cause I was just trying to figure out what did I get to the table this year? Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed Cascadia when I played. Uh, I really think you were right when you talked about it it's it's uh, easy to learn easy to play game but it really comes down to that being thoughtful about your decisions and what you're going to do and and where you're going to place your animals and things like that so um, i really did enjoy that about it and it's and it's a nice looking game as well the components are very nice uh also um and then i would add to this list um i want to save that for later um I'm going to cheat like I did okay. all the other times because it's the last time I'll be able to cheat because I want to put Gloomhaven on the list again. Yeah. Because we finally finished Gloomhaven. So I, it's the last time I'll be able to say Gloomhaven is in my top five games because I don't know <laughs> what we're going to do with this giant box I have now. Um, But like we we talked about like doing some side missions and stuff to go back. But um, like, do you guys need like do we even remember? how we put it all back and do we just kind of say like we were done when we were done? Cause it was kind of like a experience also that we just kind of like finished. So right. uh, it was a pretty big moment for gaming this year. Cause it was the game I played arguably the most this year. Yeah. Uh, board game wise. Um, so, you know, it is, and it's also weird to have that like consistency of like once a month, at least even out of my like normal schedule. I'm like, wait, when's Gloomhaven? Oh, there isn't one. <laughs> so uh, it is interesting uh, that we're in that spot as well. But those are a couple of my so far. Excellent. Um, two more, I guess, that then I would throw on my list. Sure. Um, one, I, well, okay, so this one, I don't know technically if this was this year or late last year. I don't totally remember. I think it was this year. Um, and that's Arc Nova. Yeah. Like I said, it might have been like December last year, but I think it was I think it was January, February this year. Um, so Arc Nova, uh, uh, you know, Euro game that kind of has 
in some ways taking the board game world by storm. I didn't realize until I looked the other day, Arc Nova is actually up to number four overall on the uh-huh. BGG ranking. So it is listed as the number four best game of all time right now. Um, and I, I tend to agree with it. It is a really heavy um, Euro about building a zoo. Um, and it has this really, really neat action selection mechanism where you have, you know, your five basic actions that you can do. Um, and then they kind of, once you take one, uh, like they're ordered left to right, one to five. And then once you take your, um, or five to one, but once you take your five action, you you put it on the end, slide everything down. And now it's like kind of your one action. And the more powerful the cards are, um, the more advanced or the more, the more impactful things that you can do um, as those things kind of work their way down. So sometimes you're like, oh, do I want to take this action or do, or do I want to like take a couple other actions to help that push down further down the track so that when I do it is, you know, able to do two times as many things or, or whatever the situation might be. Um, that then provided, you know, in combination with the cards that you're just collecting um, and the deck that you're building and the, these cards are, you know, there's uh, 250 plus of them and they're all different um, as far as like what they do and how you are able to build out your zoo um, the animals you have, the enclosures they go into, like the stands that you have, um, the different staff that you have come work at the zoo and how that benefits the animals that you have. Uh, it's just a really, really cool um, game. And the fact that this is the designer's first game just blows my mind Yeah. Um, for Matthias Wig or Wiggy. Um, the, the, this is the first game they have done. Um, I just can't. Yeah, I can't wrap my mind around it. So, like I said, technically a 2021 game, um, but I think that's it was like an S in 2021 game. So 2022 for basically for most people. Sure. Um, but yeah, I really love it. Um, Arc Nova is so good, and it is something that um, I think we will continue to play. They they do have an expansion supposedly coming out in 2023, um, which I is something that I will be snapping up without um, any hesitation. Um, and the the publisher Capstone Games, like Capstone makes really good games. Like I don't, yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, I don't know that they were super on my radar, but as of late, they have uh, kind of taken over a lot of my, I, I look to see what they're doing and what they're putting out because I just really like a lot of their games. So, so Arc Nova is one of them. Um, like I said, it's, it is just absolutely awesome. I, I love the game so much. Um, another one that I played then, which is also a little bit of an older game and originally came out in 2020, um, is Nid Ah, yes. So, yeah, you know, in the year, you're basically it's a kind of a bidding slash set collection game where um, on your turn, you're using coins to bid um, on taverns. And within those taverns are different um, dwarf characters. And then you when you collect those dwarf characters um, there, you know, are you're building sets with them that are going to give you points towards the end of the game. Um, so it's kind of neat too, though, that there's this kind of unique like coin building system that you can like turn coins in to get bigger coins, and then you can use those coins to bid on the the workers. So it's kind of this delicate balance in this thought process of like, okay, do I want to build on these workers or these you know specific um, dwarves that I want to get right now, or do I want to like save my coins to like be able to get bigger coins with them? Um, and kind of how do you want to balance all of that? So um again a game i had really never heard of too much before the beginning of the year just kind of had flown under my radar um for kind of blew up this year as far as people talking about it really kind of talking about how good it is um really a pretty affordable game 40 45 typically to get in um but yeah i just i really like it the art's really cool because most of the it is in black and white which is kind of neat um and it kind of has that nice flexible two to five player range, which is always good. Like a lot of games cap out at four, having the ability to go to five is really, really nice. And the game scales well between all of them. So uh, for me, uh, another one would be Nid of Lear. So nice. Any additional games on your list, Josh? Yeah. So for the last two, I'll put um, uh, put 
Dungeons and Dragons up there. Who would have thought? Oh, yeah. Gosh, playing D&D. Um, it's just been a real like joy to play. It's something that uh, I didn't think I would ever really be interested in. Um, and I'm still I still haven't there's so much to it. I haven't like I still haven't figured out how to properly like level my character or what the best things I need to do to be equipped or carry, but it's nice to have a support system that's there with you, like helping you figure out what to do and, and working in that group setting um, has been enjoyable. So I'm enjoying spending my time with it and with my friends playing it. So, uh, you know, it takes one of my favorite things about board games, which is the social part and makes it the key, like the centerpiece. Um, so sometimes it's just kind of fun to sit there and watch people do things that are crazy or silly or serious um just kind of covers that whole thing so um, that's been a lot of fun and the last thing i would add is phantom inc phantom inc would probably be uh well i could probably add like i should have included marvel dice throne but i didn't Uh, i should have (laughs) um but phantom inc was a game that uh kind of surprised i think everybody when we played it I didn't really know what to expect. I just heard it was a good game. That's by Resonim Games, and and I've always heard that they've done good things as well. But um, after getting it to the table, it's really like a very fun word game that mixes like elements of Mysterium and Codenames um, into this fun, quizzy spelling game. Um, And it's always mixed for some good laughs, too. But uh, you can, you can, it tells you a certain amount of players, but realistically, if you split up in two teams, it can be any amount of players. So it also has that like added variety of you're not just locked down to a certain number of players. Um, but that, that game has been so fun. We played it that first night. We played it instead of playing other games. We just kept playing that, played it at, with the family at Thanksgiving. Um, and I'll probably play it again at Christmas as well. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. So my last two games then are actually games I talked about on this on this episode, uh, which are Cascadia and Spirit <laughs> Island. So nice, yeah. So not going to go into in depth into those anymore um, because obviously we just talked about them. But I, I do think uh, they're they're both really great, and I am genuine when I say like for Spirit Island specifically, like I do think this would be a game that I would put like in my top five games of all time. Like I just really really like the game. Um, it, I, I am worried about getting other people to play it in the future because it is so complicated. Um, I, luckily, I know my partner likes complex games, but um, I really do want to play it with more people. And I, I just I don't have a ton of other people who want to play games of that complexity level. Sure. I have a lot of people who will get together and play code names. Um, I don't yeah. have a ton of people yeah. who will get together and play Spirit Island. So that's the hard thing. But yeah, so those would be kind of my last two there. Any other games you're thought, uh, thought of or any last second editions, Josh? Yeah, we can throw Marvel Dice thrown on there. Um, and if anything, it's also just a big, giant, huge plug for any of the Dice Throne games as well. Just a really great implementation of this Battle Yahtzee format that has yeah. kind of bounced around in the board gaming like zeitgeist for a while. But I don't know that anyone could really like pinpoint one game except for like the fantasy Yahtzee game where yeah. that like was the main mechanic. But um, yeah, just really enjoyed it and i think it's easy to teach again hard to master and there's plenty of different characters to make it more interesting um yeah and there's probably other games i played this year that i just oh and of course unsettled how could i forget that 
just talked about it uh, earlier. Yeah. Um, that's is the, the tendency I've been having to forget what I'm actively playing. Uh, yeah, I, I just really, um, think it's a fun game and it's challenging. It reminds me of pandemic in a lot of ways when we started playing pandemic with friends and just kind of thought what a, what a novel idea, a hard to play board game, but, it, right. but it's still like on, on its face, easy mechanics wise. It's just a very difficult game to play. Like, uh, I really appreciate that about that, about the game. And it's been a lot of fun. So sticking kind of with the board game theme here then, Josh, um, any board game uh, stories or news that stuck out to you this year? I'll be honest. There was nothing that I was like, oh, this was like super, super impactful for me as far as the board game. Yeah. News went. The only thing that kind of was there a little bit was I was like, well, you know, there was that news about like Panda not being like maybe or Pandasaurus. I should say not Panda because Panda is a separate company. Yeah. Um, the Pandasaurus being maybe um, a bit of a rough place to work at. Sure. Um, but outside of that, I don't know, you know, there was that there was anything that really like super jumped out to me or was super like long-term um, impact like that, that I'm still thinking about from a news perspective, at least was there anything for you that kind of jump out that kind of stuck with you long-term? I think the only thing I would say is maybe um, the Kickstarter going to Bitcoin cryptocurrency, oh, um, and really seeing their new CEO really not budge on that, but also not give any clear information about what that means for the future of Kickstarter right? or its backers. So I'm still kind of curious about what's going to happen with that. But um, yeah, I don't think, I think you're right. I don't think there's anything crazy that came out this year story-wise. So yeah. And I, I think because um, Asmodee getting acquired by the nice folks oh, over. Embracer <laughs> Group. Embracer Group. Thank you. Uh, that was, was that last year or was that this year? Like, that this, was I this year, with- I think. Okay, well, I guess that would be big then. I For some reason, I thought that was 2021. So, yeah, so Asmodee being acquired by Embracer, obviously, would probably be the biggest news then, um, and especially then once Embracer um, acquired, especially Lord of the Rings, but just with all the IP now that they have access to, um, Asmodee does as a result of that. We'll we'll see if that ever comes to fruition in any real way. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, the good or the bad about board games is that, you know, as you can probably see by the games that are coming out, especially lately like it's not too tough for board game companies to get ip access to ip you know not so, now it isn't no <laughs> yeah you know so um yeah so i think that probably would be kind of the biggest thing um any trends that you hope to continue anything that you saw this year happening that you're like hey i hope to see that i would like to see this thing continue to happen whether it be from an industry perspective or just you and board games that you'd like to see continue i do like this ip this ip boom that we have because we're getting new ip at good prices that are actually well-made games. So I think that's a big change that we've seen, uh, at least from the video game industry. When you see an IP game, it's typically a bad game, not made well, made for cash grab. And that certainly happens with board games, but um, between Funko and um, who does, who does, not unmatched who does villainous why am i forgetting prospero hall yeah like a lot of these companies getting these ips that actually know how to make a good board game um i like that i like that i mean there's definitely hits and misses um but that's a, that's less of a gamble when you're spending 30 dollars on that big thunder mountain and getting a not great game versus 60 to 70 dollars on a, maybe a higher produced big thunder mountain but still 
isn't good. So right. at least it's more like less of a gamble for that $30 at Target or or $8 when it's on clearance at Target. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you there. Um, I'm actually in a similar boat. I, I One of the things I put down was uh, bringing, continuing to bring you know lesser known IP to board games. Um, I, I do think that we've had some neat options um, in the in the board game realm with IP recently. And I, I think it, for the most part, um, those things have worked out well. And I think when I say lesser known IP, it doesn't even have to be that people don't know the IP, but it, we just haven't seen it in games very much. Like I think of like Jaws and Horrified and like things like that were that were like, um, well, I guess Horrified is more like general open well, it's universal monsters so it's still universal monsters yeah so i guess yeah. that does work there but yeah i mean i i think just seeing kind of those things done and done well is really cool and i hope we continue to see um you know unique thoughts on how those things can happen uh even like for example and like I, who knows if it'll be good but like i said i don't think either one of us are going to back it but even like the last of us board game that's coming out right like it's a very unique take on a yeah. on how to bring a video game to a board game uh, maybe it'll be great. Maybe it won't be, but I like the fact that they're, they're trying and they're going to see what they can do with it to make it like a cool, neat experience. So that's one thing. Um, and the other thing for me that really stuck out is that while we still had obviously those huge, huge expensive games on Kickstarter, there were also a lot of like less expensive games on Kickstarter this year that did very well. Yeah. That games that in that 30 to $60 price range that were like, Hey, 30 you know 40 50 bucks everything's in the box there's not a ton of these add-ons like it's just a pretty much i don't want to say a glorified pre-order but it really kind of helps you like feel part of it with the community to kind of get together um and kind of feel like you're part of something when when they're put it there and they kind of really reveal the game for you so for me i thought that was pretty neat um and i hope that continues and obviously i know that the huge games are going to continue to be on kickstarter uh, but i i was really um heartened by the number of like more mid-priced games that were there that did very well um, and funded very well. Um, and I hope I can, we continue to see that in the future. So yeah. Um, any board game trends you want to see end, Josh, or you hope we don't see so much in the future again, industry for you personally, anything related to that? Yeah. You kind of just talked about it a little bit. I would really just love to see these $600 miniature board games that should only cost $60 keep coming out on Kickstarter. Um, I'm kind of over it. I'm over getting excited about a game and then not being able to get the full game. Um, I'm not going to say shipping because that's out of people's hands, but also the people who messed up their shipping. I don't like that either. Yeah. Get your stuff together, especially big companies who don't need to be in Kickstarter. Get your stuff together <laughs> and figure out what you're doing. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that uh, trend. I'm not a fan of every game that comes out on Kickstarter uh that has minis has to be over $140 for a base level pledge. I'm also sick of that. So Yeah. Um, you know, but I can't buy them all, so that's also a good barrier for me to just say no. Uh sorry, I want you Horizons are done, but I can't afford you. I can only yeah. buy the base game in my local game store <laughs> for still yeah. way too much money. Uh so yeah, that's probably my biggest complaint about uh, board game trends. So now. yeah, I hear you there. I hear you there. Uh, I'm going to both be a hypocrite for what we both just said about the previous one. Sure. For my what I game, what I want to see, and or at least slow down slightly. <sighs> I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but it is what it is. While I want to see lesser known IP or IP that have not had numerous <laughs> video games yeah. or numerous board games made of them. I could really use a break from Marvel and Star Wars games. 
I just could. There's so yeah. many of them um, that I would be okay with seeing a few less of them moving forward. And I and I I'm guessing that some of them, or the often the reason they use them is that they have really neat like ideas for games from a mechanism standpoint. And they're like, well, we know if we if we put on or we like get a Marvel IP onto this or a Star Wars IP onto this. Uh, it's probably going to sell really well, and it might not sell as well without it, right? I get that, so I understand why they do it. I just, at this point, I I have all of the Marvel games I need. I have all the Star Wars games I need. I really don't need any more. Um, and I know that I shouldn't probably just disregard something for an existing IP because that's really is that any better than being like, oh, if this was this new IP, then I would probably just buy it. I guess it's you know kind of different sides of the same coin, but I yeah. It would be okay if we saw a few less of those moving forward. But I understand that. So, so yeah. Anything else about the year in board gaming, Josh, that you want to say, want to kind of leave things with before we kind of move on to, to the year in video games? Just another year I wish I played more board games. So luckily I'm going on a board game cruise in about a month, so I should be, I should get my year's worth of games played. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty excited that you're going on that cruise uh, because I'm looking forward to talking about all the games that you play, Um, which might like for our next episode, our January episode, it it might be just focusing on what are all the games Josh played and let's do our predictions for the year. And that might be it. Well, (laughs) we'll see. Let's not let's not put the horse before the cart. I might just sit on the deck and have uh, cruise drinks all day and not play a single board game. (laughs) Josh, you have content requirements (laughs) for playing games. yeah, because I know we talked and we mentioned briefly about games you were kind of hoping to play. So, like I said, I hope yeah. that you are able to play the games that you are wanting to. And like Thank I said, um, I, I I agree. Like I, man, I wish I could play more games than I do. I'm thankful for the amount of games that I can play, um, but I I, I always been wanting to play more for sure. So yeah. All right, Josh, let's switch it up. Let's talk about video games now. Kind of our year for them. Yeah. Kind of to start with on the the same track if you would uh any video game stories or news that uh stuck out to you this year i mean i think the big news in video games this year was just acquisitions right that right. was the big news for video games or or lack thereof acquisitions Att- attempting at acquisitions <laughs> um I mean, we didn't get any, uh, I guess, well, I mean, PSVR 2 is announced, but we kind of knew that was coming. Yep. But we haven't gotten anything. I don't know that we got anything groundbreaking announced this year besides remakes of games and remasters of games and acquisitions of game studios. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the acquisition thing, the, the biggest story, obviously, without a doubt, was is Microsoft attempting to acquire Activision, right? And that is yeah. going to be the biggest story for the next probably five years and the biggest story from the previous five years, right? Like that, uh, a deal of that magnitude is, is significant. And we've, I guess, you know, we didn't talk a ton about news this week, but we've, I mean, for the most part, stopped talking about it. Cause like, I, there's always Don't updates bother. to it <laughs> and it's just so bizarre and weird. And like, I mean, when Microsoft is like, Oh no, this deal is okay because like PlayStation's exclusives are better than ours. Like really? Like, do you truly think that Do you truly think that, you know, like, just the stuff that they have to do to like get things anyway it's not here nor there it just is so dumb and disingenuous but yeah i think acquisitions are going to be the big thing um one thing i'm surprised you didn't say because this was something you were a part of josh is yeah. stadia shutting down yeah uh i don't i guess it's big it's not big news <laughs> uh, the only part of it that's big news is that they gave us our money back which is crazy yeah uh but that's the only big that's the only big news out of that 
I, I I did predict like in each of our prediction episodes while Stadia existed that Stadia would shut down. So sure. like sure. just took a little longer than I thought that it was going to. But hey, Amazon Luna is still a thing, technically. You can still subscribe to Luna. Yeah. So if you, you're looking yeah. for that, there's your option there. But um I guess the only other thing that I really had was and I think that this is I I mean it's kind of quote unquote big, but for me it's more of like signs of the future. Um, it's just the number of layoffs that happened at like gaming yeah. websites and gaming news outlets that it seems pretty obvious that the industry, while huge um, and bigger than most other entertainment mediums, it seems um, that the ability to support kind of enthusiast press is is limited, right? That there's there's yeah. only so many clicks that are given um, and that it, it really does seem like you, you are going to have to identify the you know, independent game media site or sites that you like the most. And that's probably where you're going to have to get most of your news going forward. Like, yes, I think IGN will still exist and GameSpot will still exist. But I mean, even when you have IGN now laying people off, um, I I think it's pretty clear that, you know, it's tough to have um, massive, significant um, investment in game in, in game coverage like it just isn't working out and that it it does seem to work much much better when you have a small group who are funded by a, a modest size audience um that can you know do everything they need to and I, I i as someone who also like i could not tell you the last time i went to ign's website right i like, mean they all transitioned into everything and video games like it's yeah it's not and maybe because it wasn't sustainable but i don't I don't need to know IGN or Kotaku's or GameSpot's idea, like thoughts on Mission Impossible. Just like I don't need to know their thoughts on Pringles. Like, <laughs> why are these? Why are they reporting on these things? In like and like, it just seems to me like they have big staff. They're reporting on everything under the sun, but what their core base of visitors are gaming yeah. people. And then it turns into these like weird, passive, aggressive, hateful headline articles that come out of these places. It's so weird. And it's just for me, not, not, not defending layoffs, but for me, like just the gaming journalism aspect of it all yeah, has just really become this lightning rod of like pay attention to us look at what we posted isn't it daring isn't it against the status quo and then you just they just get hated on for a month to get extra views (laughs) well i mean (laughs) i guess intentionally or not (laughs) yeah oh i guess maybe we're not that different you know with our views of like certain you know zelda games and things like that but sure i I do think we don't do that for the views that's true we definitely don't do it for that uh there does seem to be a certain level of cynicism in in major news and I, and that to me is not that you can't have cynicism or be cynical about things like that in some ways is fine but it does very much i don't i don't even a great way to say this i often don't know if what they're writing they genuinely believe or are passionate about or whether they're like well i need to do something Right, because I'm I think getting there are paid. Some, I got to write an article. <laughs> yeah, I think there are some things that, like, when you read them, you can tell, like, yes, this person clearly is passionate about this and cares about this. Yeah. But sometimes when I read them, I'm like, I don't know if the person is or it doesn't seem like the person is based off of what I'm reading. Um, yeah, I don't know. And not that they should just be, you know, kissing game publishers' butts by any means. Like, the job of journalists is to 
you know ask hard questions and things like that but in a in a situation where like they can like the gaming companies can be just like yeah no like we're just not going to give you stuff it's harder to yeah i don't know like it just is it's very weird to me i don't know the whole just the whole enthusiast press in every industry to me is odd it just is very weird um so yeah well people you want to people want to compare just something to understand it and you can't compare a journalist writing a review for a 60 hour game to a journalist reviewing black adam it's not comparable and there isn't anything else in the entertainment field right is comparable to reviewing a video game so i'm sure companies don't want to pay someone to not do work for a month and just report on one game just as much as like that's probably where the filler comes in right there they go okay if you go, if you're reviewing God of War, you also have to do four snack taku articles <laughs> and three movie reviews in that same amount of time for us to like justify your pay. Yeah, and and that makes sense to me as a business person, but it just doesn't yeah. work for that model. Yeah, because yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like someone can go watch Black Adam, write the review, and be done in an afternoon. Whereas if yeah. you are playing, you know, if you're like, well, I got to do this review of The Witcher Three's like next gen upgrades. Well, we'll see yeah. in a hundred hours, you know, like, yeah, it, you're right. It is very different from that perspective. And that's a really good, that is an excellent point. Josh That's an excellent point. So. Thanks. Um, okay. Before we kind of get to our top tens, you know, kind of, you know, delaying the fun part, uh, any video game trends that you saw this year that you hope to continue? Um, oh boy. Any good trends? I mean, I always like new IP. That seems like an easy answer though. So that's what I'm going to pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say remasters and remakes because I also I don't I don't like them as much as I do like them. Right. Um, I think they're overdone and mm, yeah. uh, sometimes unnecessary, but when they're when they work, they work. So yeah. there's definitely shining examples of both. Um, yeah, no, I hear you there. Yeah, and. I don't know, like maybe courage to give a sequel to a game that was hasn't been put out for a while, like a Psychonauts 2 kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'd like to see that happen more often. Give some of these um, beloved games that people just aren't ready to jump on, like a Silent Hills, if you will, um, bringing those back instead of just doing, uh, you know, another Resident Evil remaster, <laughs> which well, I'm hey, not complaining about. Right. <laughs> so no those are great i think for me the biggest things um number one i think st- studios taking their time like with covid happening you know delays started happening and, and yeah sometimes it was a joke um about games getting delayed but at, at this point just take your time we have plenty there's plenty yeah. of games to play all the time and i think ideally not announcing release dates before you need to or before yeah. you're very very certain you're going to get things done like well like ah, we'll talk about that later um but i think not do like not put painting yourself into that corner to like disappoint people um so take your time like we have plenty to play um and i think too like indie games have continued to be like really really great and not that i thought they would stop being great but i think that where sometimes when you watch and i i think about the movie industry with this and i know they're not the same but like you have obviously your major blockbusters from you know the big studios that like from a you know content or from a like high art thought of film like 
typically aren't as good right but they're maybe more fun than good yeah and then you really rely on the independent games to be like the really good games or the really good movies right and in games and sometimes i feel like it's almost flipped that right like the the really um high big budget things have to be good because people have to like pay to play them um but then the indie games are where um like the kind of like ridiculous things can happen that people are just going to get into but also like indies like sometimes have just like really neat like initial ideas that can then be expounded upon later like to make them into those big bombastic things so i'm i'm always amazed at how innovative and thoughtful and neat and unique in the independent games are um and i i don't see that ending anytime soon but i also am glad that it isn't because i think um and there, there's a you know not a ton of indie games on my list but there's a few um and i really just think that they they provide such a they round out gaming so well right like you have these you know hundreds of millions of dollars gods of war ragnaroks and then you have your you know neon whites and things like that so i i just think that they're they add such a nice balance to the industry that i hope those continue to be as influential and impactful as they have been so um any trends you want to see end josh or you're kind of over at this point yeah i mean any it seems like i say this every year 8-bit 16-bit <laughs> games that yeah i just i'm done <laughs> okay i'm just done with it i don't cool yeah i uh yeah, you know what else I would love to see that it's never going to change, but I would love to see change. Uh, let's just have EA do roster updates every other year. Yeah, that you would know? be nice, wouldn't it? Just do roster updates. Do it. Do a thirty dollar DLC. <clears throat> you know. Um, for me, and this might be some people might hate this. For me, and not saying that I want necessarily the most the the logical conclusion to jump to 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 um um to be like what replaces this i am kind of over battle passes yeah yeah i kind of am because and i understand why they do them right they want the continual engagement in the game um i only have so many hours in the day i I, I can't like i just can't and maybe it's on me to just be okay with not having everything but i am kind of over them like contact like i like the idea when they were first announced i like the idea when people um started moving to them rather than loot boxes and things like that but at this point, like if your game has a battle pass, I'm probably not going to participate in it just because I have like the two games I play with battle passes and I don't have time for more than that. Yeah, that makes sense. So unless they're going to replace those games completely, like it's just not going to happen. Um, so like I said, maybe I just shouldn't care, but for whatever reason I do. The same reason that you people do care and they want to continue to play your game is the reason I will not play your game if I yeah. can't get everything, you know? So yeah. Yep. But with that, Josh, top 10 games of the year. Let's do it Ooh. in order 10 to 1 favorite games we've played this year now important we're saying favorite we're not saying they're the best they're the games we enjoyed the most that we played this year josh what is your number 10 sir my number 10 would be tiny tina's wonderland um it could probably have been higher if i played more of it yeah Uh, i also kind of missed out on what i really love about borderlands is the multiplayer i didn't really play co-op with anybody um but there's still enough of a great game from what I played uh, to know that that I really enjoyed my time with it and that I know I can pick it up whenever and still have as much fun with it because that's just the type of game it is. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, like talking about high on life and the humor aspect, like Tiny Tina's really is a little bit more uh, on that wavelength for me than high on life was, uh, at least for the start. So 
Uh, I still think it's it's a wonderful game, and and I will continue to play it at some point. <laughs> Would you rather have the next game from them be Tiny Tina or Borderlands? I would like them to do something different. Completely different? Yeah. I think I'm done with Borderlands for a little while. Tiny Tina is just enough of not Borderlands that it's still good for me. <laughs> Did you play Tales from the Borderlands 2, the new one? I didn't play the new one uh, because I keep seeing the price drop. Yeah. So I'm assuming it'll be on Game Pass soon. So I or don't something soon. It. Yeah, I also have not jumped <laughs> in on it because I wonder if that's going to happen. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, great pick, great pick. Um, my number 10, Josh. Uh, is the game that to me should have won the best sports racing game at the game awards and that is ollie ollie world oh. um, from the folks over at roll seven i really loved ollie ollie um, one and two um, and ollie ollie world i think is that kind of perfect um, continuation of the series into a game that both allows you to kind of complete the levels and kind of get through and progress the story at your own rate um, but also then if you want to like master things go back replay work towards that high score and and really get to the point where you feel very accomplished in, in what you're doing. Um, I, I think sometimes games really struggle with striking that balance between progression and like high score chasing or however you want to look at it. Uh, and I think Ollie Ollie World does a great job of kind of balancing those two things out. Uh, the world is cool. It's fun. It's like engaging. It's, it doesn't take itself too seriously and it really knows what what it is. Um, if you crash, you are really very quickly respond. Like it, it just is this game that you can play for 10 minutes or 10 hours and still have a great time no matter which one you do or anything in between that um and it is one that i i think with when it came out in early february there were some big hitters that came out right after it and you know pokemon Le- legends arceus came out right before it so it was kind of in this like odd time frame um and it actually came out close to another game that's on my list which i think it would made it very challenging for it but um i really loved it i still pick it up and play it from time to time and i, I do want to sit down and kind of hammer things out and see what can i do as far as my high scores go um, but that's my number 10 ollie ollie world nice josh what is your number nine my number nine speaking of games you could play for 10 minutes or 10 hours also a game i never thought it would be on my list and had no clue how engaging this game could be is vampire survivors uh nice just a wild game that i just is so simple speaking of me hating eight big games um (laughs) there's so little to do at first which actually turns out to be a lot to do yeah the more you play and i really like the aspect of uh unlocking levels unlocking new characters who start with different abilities trying to figure out what abilities work best in the combination that you prefer um and then every time like i feel like i'm always unlocking something different unlocking a different mode for a level and unlocking a different level unlocking a different like hidden path um it just uh i've been playing it so much but it's also one of those games you can just you know, sit down for 10 minutes or 30 minutes and then just do one run and then be done. Cause yeah. it's at a certain point it gets to 30 minutes a run yeah. at least. And then you at least know, you know how much time you have. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, for such a simple inexpensive game, it's a pretty much a masterpiece. Yeah. It definitely packs a lot of value into the package. It is yeah. a great game. No doubts about it at all. All right, so Josh's number nine, Vampire Survivors. My number nine is a game that um, 
definitely more money has been spent developing it than it was spent on vampire survivors <laughs> uh, but it is also a game that attempted to reinvent itself and many people feel feel like it failed to do that um my number nine uh is overwatch 2 wow. so i yeah i think most people would have expected just with how much i play overwatch this would be far higher on my list i even debated whether it will be would be in my top 10 because i do have a ton of issues with it however at the end of the day i really like playing the game the playing of the game is still really fun to me um, and I have transitioned and gotten to a point where I feel much more comfortable in 5v5. And I do feel that while there are some few things they need to tweak right now, that overall balance is at a pretty good spot, maybe say for Roadhog, but also that the developers within the last four weeks have been much more uh, communicative about the changes they're making, how they're making them. Um, season two just started. We already had our first patch for season two as far as like ba- our first balance patch within like two weeks, um, which is way faster than they've ever done that before. Um, so I'm hopeful that that trend continues. Um, but like I said, there, there are some things they need to fix. They need to fix the monetization. They need to fix the quality of the battle pass. Uh, they need to fix like kind of the way map rotations work. They need to fix matchmaking. All those things need to be taken care of and improved. But I am still having a fun when I am playing it. Maybe that's because I'm playing it with friends when I am, but I'm still having a great time. So as a result, my number nine for the year, Overwatch 2. And it was my number one game in my wrap-up as far as hours played. So the fact that it's my number huh? nine probably tells you something so josh what is your number eight sir my number eight is teenage mutant ninja turtles shredders revenge uh just a delightful game uh it doesn't have to be any higher or lower uh it's right where it should be it's a lot of fun the addition of having up to six players is crazy and unnecessary so it's fun once um but they really just Talking about games, remakes, and remasters, this just nail on the head captured exactly what the game that everyone remembers loving felt like, mm-hmm. and it's perfect. Uh, the the it does not like it. It controls great. They added a little couple extra things to spice the game up in between destinations. Story is good. Um, just a very a delightful game that uh, you can just pick up at any moment too. Like if you have, if you're at a family thing and you have it on your switch or if you have game pass and you just talk to somebody about it and then they remember it, you could be like, Hey, let's just try it. Fire it up right now. We'll play two levels. You'll have a blast. Uh, or you can sit down for two, two and a half hours and beat it. So it's also very digestible and you can unlock a character the first time you beat it. So there's also incentive to to do that and keep playing. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot, and I'm glad to have it on. I have it on Xbox and on Switch, um, and maybe I'll put it on the Steam Deck. Why not? Right, take it on the go again. <laughs> again, <laughs> awesome. Shredder's Revenge. That game was great. I'll be honest; I kind of forgot about that game. I don't know if it would made my top ten, but I really enjoyed it when I played it. So, uh, my number eight is a little game that I'm going to guess is going to be higher on Josh's list. I'll observe his reactions as I say it to see. <laughs> If he gives it away, but I, I know he did enjoy this game a bit more than I did, but I still really enjoyed it. And that is called of the lamb. Um, mm. Another awesome independent game that really just kind of marries both the kind of dungeon crawling aspect and the sim management of, of taking care of your cult um, in, in a really neat and unique way. Um, 
you know, it's kind of odd that you are, if you think about it, you're the leader of a cult as a lamb and you are sacrificing people and, and doing all these other things if you want to uh, that are a bit ridiculous. But the gameplay is really fun. The actual combat works great. Uh, the sim, the management slash sim aspect of it is um, in depth enough to be you have to be thoughtful about it, but not so challenging that it like is all consuming in what you're doing. Um I, I just really enjoyed my time with it. I did have a couple bugs when I was playing it, which were a, was a bit of a bummer, but nothing for me that was like game breaking. Um, but overall, I think that the the story is interesting. The kind of development and progression is is really well thought out, um, and it, it kind of made like going back in and going to runs with a the purpose of like getting through the next boss, but b usually with another purpose as well. Like oh, I gotta get this many of a certain resource, or I gotta get this of this other thing that this person wants. Um, I thought it was great. So my number eight is Cult of the Lamb. Nice. All right, Josh. Number seven, sir. My number seven is God of War Ragnarok. Boom, boom. Yeah. I was going to start soon. They're not, they're the music, I have yeah. no doubt that this will be higher in my list next year at some point. If I well, if I was to edit this current list, but yeah, I haven't played it enough. And uh, everything I have played. Not everything. A lot of what I have played, with the exception of story beats, has been pretty mid- middling for me. Um, and I have no reason to complain about it because I wasn't expecting different combat. Yeah. It's just I I think I was hopeful for it to feel different. And the, and, and they have no basis for that. So I don't want to hold that against the game. Um, but for me, it's just not hitting yet. Although there was there is a part that, that actually did hit pretty good for me. But I would have to talk about a spoiler to talk about it, so I won't. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll I'll check in with you after the podcast yeah. to see if that's what I'm thinking it is. So. I'm sure it is. <laughs> cool. Scott of War Ragnarok. Josh is number seven. My number seven uh, is a game that I think the budget was probably really really similar to God of War Ragnarok's. Yeah. Um, and that's a little tile laying, laying game called Dorf Romantic. Uh, I, um, I almost put that on my list. <laughs> so I love Dorf Romantic, and I I know that for some people it might be kind of overselling the quality of the game but i think it is one of the most chill like fun experiences that if you're looking for a well thought out uh game that's very contemplative that you can honestly some people will say this is not but you can be doing something else while you're playing it like it just is one of those games that is is very um meditative as you're playing it and yes there's a high score yes there's a way to get a high score and there are things that you can do to be really quote-unquote competitive and raise your high score and all that kind of stuff but just the act of playing it for me is something that if I'm like sitting down, I'm maybe going to watch a comedy special or something like that. It's just this really nice thing that I can like have and do and be thoughtful about while I'm doing it. And I just, I, I really like it. I, I think it's a ingenious design. It is maybe more board game. Obviously there is a board game version of it coming out too. Um, so it is maybe more board game than video game. And maybe that's why I like it so much, but I was a huge fan. Um, it's on switch now. So switch and PC currently, um, but I'm a big fan. Uh, Dorf romantic, my number seven. Nice. Josh, you're number six. My number six is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, I could see this higher up on my list, but I, I am truly only really ranking it based off of the campaign. Yeah. Um, although I have played multiplayer and did enjoy what I've played, I haven't put in enough time to like have that influence where I feel like it sits. But I will say, and I didn't even play it in 4K. I played it at Extra Life. Oh, dang. So I haven't even experienced the campaign in 4K, which I plan to do still. Um, But boy, did that campaign really blow me away just with not only how 
impressive it looked visually, but the way they tell the story in that game, the way that you interact with the story, I I feel like almost every year they really like invent new ways to tell these Call of Duty stories. Yeah. And and almost always a successful way. Not always, but almost. Um and just uh even the mission that most people didn't like, I still enjoyed when I playing it mm-hmm. um because it was different and every level felt different and that's yeah. so rare in a in a shooter that everything like like titanfall 2 campaign might be the last shooter i felt like every level felt different and you were doing something different in every level so i'm not trying to compare it to that in that regard but as far as changing up level design even so it's nothing is samey uh i really think they knocked it out of the park with that and uh, i really enjoyed playing it awesome call of duty modern warfare 2 josh is number six my number six is a game that could have won a game award and did not hmm. um because it also probably should have been in the category it was nominated in uh, and that is sifu uh i don't know that sifu is a fighting game uh because that's <laughs> the category it was in the game awards yeah. but i do think it is a really nice brawler a really good brawler uh and the thing i like most about sifu is that it never feels cheap every time you play it every time every run that you do in the game um you like if i make a mistake or i mess up or if i lose it's almost always my fault like i did something i shouldn't have or i read something wrong um or or i didn't do things that the way i know that they're going to work and it very much is more similar to like a hotline miami of like planning your runs out and going and executing those runs um than it is maybe kind of your other brawlers that exist out there but um i i do think it was very challenging i think the addition of difficulty um or being able to adjust the difficulty later like they did was was a good option to do because it was very very challenging uh but i i really like the game i think it was a cool concept and content wise and like i said about these indies doing things differently um i, I really like what um sifu brought to the table um and the experience that was had with it and it is a game i i constantly like think about like going back to and seeing if i can try, maybe try to get the platinum or something like that because i really enjoyed it i thought it was a ton of fun um and in hopeful and, and looking forward to like the next project from this team because um, they did a really a lot of, a lot of really cool things with this game so that's my number six again i think probably the same budget similar to call of duty modern warfare yeah, um yeah. <laughs> my number <laughs> six <laughs> is sifu <laughs> all right so we got the garbage of the back half of our top 10 right all those games not very good yeah obviously yeah. amazing games all of them but josh now what is let's get to the top five what is your number five sir my number five what a what a world we live in my number five is a little game called Elden Ring. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, Sonic Frontiers, the Elden Ring oh. of Sonic games. Uh, <laughs> not going to lie. I thought this was going to be higher on your list. This is lower than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Yeah. Sonic Frontiers, uh, just uh, what a treat. What a delightful treat of a video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had no idea that I was going to like this game, honestly. Uh, it, it seemed intriguing to me. It made me... Re- it, made me think of let's say the sonic adventures game that came out on dreamcast and i was like oh if it could even capture like a little bit of that game i think i'll really enjoy it Uh, and it's like a totally different beast uh and literally and figuratively uh in this like parts of this game feel like shadow of the colossus parts of this game feel like sonic parts of this game feel like recore if anyone played recore on the Xbox. Wait, are you saying that is a good thing? I liked Record. Maybe not everybody <laughs> liked kidding, it. I'm I thought kidding, it was a good game. Um, and like just uh, 
it still works as a kid's game, but it also works as an adult game. There's still like that Sonic story in there that you have to find. Um, There's a lot of exploring. It really plays with speed in such a good way. It has, it has like even like aspects of Tony Hawk or jet grind radio in it. Like, sorry, jet set radio. There's just a lot of things going on in this game that come together. It doesn't do it perfectly, right? There's still certainly issues with the game keeping up with itself at some points. Yeah. Cause it is a little bit fast, too fast for its own good. Um, and so like there was a point in the game where I got too fast and I was just going off the of ledges all the time. I'm like, whoa, I gotta <laughs> slow down a little bit. <laughs> um, because I'm running too fast. Um, but I really like it. I think that the boss fights are very original and challenging and fun. And I like that once you do a boss fight once, you really don't have to do it again. Like not like the mini bosses, they're still like as big as bosses, but Usually the first time you run into them, you have to do the battle to figure out how to beat them or to get something from them. But they also show up in the world all the time. And if you really just want to have fun and fight them again, you can. Or if you're sick of that monster, you can just run past them because you're fast. Um, so I am I just, I really love it. And there's so much more game for me to play because yeah. there's like five worlds, I think. And I'm only in world three and I played for hours. <laughs> so... Um, uh, I really enjoy it a lot. Um, I probably could have put it higher on my list, but the other games I've played more. All right. Number five for Josh, Sonic Frontiers. My number five uh, is what I will say is the best game. Oh, gosh, this is probably going to be a lot of trouble. The best <laughs> game released on Nintendo Switch this year. Oh, I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say, Josh? Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. That is correct. My number five is Kirby <laughs> and the Forgotten Lands. I know your top Lands. five. <laughs> uh, big mouth mode. Who doesn't who doesn't love some big mouth mode? Uh, Kirby the Forgotten Land is uh, absolutely delightful game. Uh, every once in a while, you just get those games that kind of hit you in all the in all the like feel spot of like, oh, I'm playing this fun, cool, neat video game, and that's Kirby the Forgotten Land for me. Uh, I had a delightful time with it. I really enjoyed uh, everything I did in it. There is cool powers and abilities. Kirby controls really really well. You get to do some neat things. I just really had a great time with it. And I think that there's appropriate level of challenge if you want there to be. Um, there are a couple of bosses that are actually pretty darn hard. Uh, but I, I really love Kirby in the Forgotten Land. As someone who doesn't play my Switch anywhere near as much as I used to, um, or probably near as much as I should, uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land was definitely a standout that made me play my Switch far more than I anticipated. Um, so uh, that's my number five, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Nice. All right, Josh, what's your number four pick? My number four has previously been mentioned. Ooh. It is Cult of the Lamb. Nice. Another game like Sonic. I had no idea that I was going to be this into this game. Um, it seemed quirky. I know Donnie was talking about it in dis- in our Discord. So like it was always like in my rear view, like people were talking about it, but I didn't think like this was a game I was gonna play. Um, and then I started playing it, and the game had like a a bug so i couldn't progress and i remember talking to you about it and other people and they kind of gave me like the the push to keep trying it try it again and i was like okay i'll start over and i did and then i just never stopped playing like ever i played i played that game so much for so long i still want to go back and play it again if we didn't have all these games to play i would have kept playing it um just charming and i like how much different it can be in each play. And I, I 
had no clue about this awesome Twitch integration that I would love to experience where like the followers get the people who are watching your stream get to be the followers and how cool that is. Yeah. Like just like groundbreaking, innovative gameplay stuff. Um, and it doesn't hurt that the combat's like Hades. Like, come on. It's perfect. Yeah. I really enjoyed it a lot. Awesome. Call the lamb, Josh number four. Josh, my number four is probably my most controversial game on this list. Uh, uh, and it's a game I know some people more controversial than Dwarf Romantic. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think it is. I think it is. We'll see. You tell me. Uh, I, I know there are some people who listen to this podcast who hate this game. Um, my number four is my number four is the Quarry. Really, Josh? I really liked this game, <laughs> wow. and the more the further and further I get removed from it, the more I realize how much I enjoyed it. I wow. still think about this game. I now I will say. How the game ended there i was there's something that happened that i was like this is bs because i totally shot that thing oh, yeah. <laughs> the okay. game says i didn't but i totally <laughs> did um so and that i think is kind of a, a problem with their games in general um you know obviously we have yet to have a chance to kind of go back and play the next game in the D- dark pictures anthology which we still need to do apparently it's very broken still though for multiplayer just oh, sequel, which is why i haven't asked about <laughs> Great. it um but i you know have enjoyed those those co-op experiences we had together um i you know i did enjoy um oh gosh what was their first like scary game uh the man i'm a dan no like the one that they did that was a ps3 until done port yes until done thank you um i really enjoyed until done yeah um and to Corey for me was just kind of a chance to go back to something of almost that quality right like the game is corny like the Corey is corny like it is yeah. a corny game it's not super super scary but darn it if i didn't get invested in like all those characters and what they were doing and kind of how i wanted things to turn out and some of them i liked and some of them i didn't like and to me the fact that i like actually like cared about like whether i liked or didn't like someone says the game did something right right like there are issues with it for sure like there i'm not saying it's a a i'm not even saying it's a great game as far as like you know there are there are parts that were like things happen you're like i don't really know how that followed from this or there are times where you have because there's so many characters like you won't see a character for like four chapters and you're just like oh gosh what happened to them in this <laughs> in time and then they just show up right like yeah. there are problems with it but when i think about the experience i had playing the game i really wanted like xyz characters to live and i had a couple characters i'm like i really don't care if you die like you know and to, for me it was just a great experience and like i said i know some people especially in psvg some people hated this game I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I had a good time with it. For me, when I think of like some of the best times I've had, like it was a game that when we when I went to play it, I was like, I can't wait to get home so I can go ahead and, and play more of the quarry. Like I was excited to play it. Um, so for me, the quarry is my number four. Awesome. I think that's more controversial than Dorf Romantic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because more people <laughs> have played uh, <laughs> the quarry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Josh, what is your number three? Then the top three. What do we got? My number three is Horizon Forbidden West. Okay. Uh, it's a great game. It didn't capture, like, sequels are hard, right, to be as good yeah. as the originals. Sometimes they're better. Um, just for me, with how much I really loved the first Horizon Zero Dawn, like, I had a high expectations for this. And I would say it just kind of came short of hitting every expectation. There's some story beats I wasn't thrilled about, um, which docked it a little bit as well. And um, in that regard, I think as far as the game itself, they improved on everything combat wise. They really mm-hmm. made this world feel so much bigger. They tried to flesh Aloy out more as a character by giving her more to do with people. 
all that worked for me. Um, in fact, I would say there was probably too much uh, to do at some points as far as conversationally things go. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit of a frustrating thing. But other than that, like those are just small gripes. Mm-hmm. I really think that they, they did great on the new um, um, bad guys and bosses and and just a beautiful world design. So overall, just I'm very, very happy with it. I can't wait for the DLC. Uh, but we've certainly talked a lot about Horizon this year on the podcast. We have. Josh's number three, Horizon Forbidden West. My number three, uh, a game that is not going to be surprising is on this list. I don't think my top three in general are going to be super surprising. Maybe slightly the order of them, but I don't think the top three are going to be super surprising. Um, and my number three is you know this little mobile game called Marvel yeah. Snap. <laughs> so um, obviously we've talked about it a ton on the podcast. I don't need to like go into it much more in depth, but um, it, it is a game I love to play. It is a game that I play literally every day, um, and I I, I choose not to look at how many hours a day i play it to be honest (laughs) um but i think it is doing most things right it does have a couple issues like i said i I think the even though you're right josh that like from a you know variants of cards really don't impact anything i still think they're overpriced like i think they're like 30 dollars is really expensive yeah Uh, you know so i do think there is some things overpriced there but they are constantly improving the game i think the token shop is a, a good addition um to be able to get some kind of cards that you see pop up there um, I do think it's kind of unfortunate that it rotates like it does because sometimes I'll, I'll go days without seeing something I want, you know. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it is doing a lot of things right, and the, just the quality of the game itself is is excellent. Like it's a very very good card game um, that has enough like there's enough skill built into it that um, you know more often than not when you win or lose is determined by your skill. But there's enough luck in it that sometimes. Sometimes those locations just aren't going to work with your deck or sometimes that, you know, the person you're playing has a card you don't know about and there's just nothing you can do about that. Like those things are still in there enough that it kind of um, keeps you on your toes a little bit, right? Like it definitely makes it so that you're not always feeling super bad when things don't work well. And the fact that, you know, retreating is built into the game of like, hey, you can just quit um, and then not have the loss be that big of a deal. So I, I do appreciate all that about it. So my number three, Marvel Snap. Josh, what is your number two, sir? Well, my number two is Marvel Snap. Nice. <laughs> I don't know how to figure out how much time I put into it. It doesn't show me on my phone. Uh, at yes. least that I can find, uh, which is probably good. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about it a lot. You just talked about it ever since I just tried out the beta test to see how, how it was. And, uh, you know, it didn't turn back from there. So mm-hmm. uh, everything Kyle said, uh, I agree. I like it even more than Kyle because <laughs> by one uh, number that the, that's the I do agree that microtransactions can be high, but I don't you know I don't uh, I don't blame them for trying because you can go spend a hundred bucks on gold if you want in that game too. That's true. I will not do that. Right, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's there. But at least I know, like like we said earlier, that we're on relatively common ground with the people that we're playing against and currently they're not buying out wins so i'm okay yeah. with that still while i'm still able to play competitively um uh, yeah and i we don't need to talk more about it because we talked a lot about marvel snap but if you want to talk more about marvel snap just join our discord and that's right you can talk about it in the board with vg chat room because we talk about it all the time it's about the only game we talk about in there yep. so <laughs> might as well be a marvel snap room uh my number two uh in two weeks might not be my number two it might be my number one but currently it's my number two and that is god of war ragnarok 
Uh, I'm not done with the game, so part of that influences where this is. But there's nothing about this game I like less than the first one. I like everything better than I did in the first one. The first one was like my game of the year that it, the year it was out. So yeah. um, I like the characterizations better. I like the the writing better. I like the storyline better. Like everything about this game I enjoy more than the first one. Um, the combat has some nice surprises the further you get into the game. Um, there's some fun characters that are introduced that are just completely different. Um, and you get to, you know, build some things out with some past characters that, you know, from the first game, um, in really meaningful ways. So, um, I, there's just, it's really hard for me to personally see this any lower than this. Like I said, it could still theoretically climb. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, we've talked about this game a ton over the last few weeks. Um, so for me, my number two, God of War Ragnarok. Josh, then, sir, what is your number one game of 2022? Well, it seems like it's going to be obvious. <laughs> and it's not Stray. <laughs> it's Marvel's Midnight Suns. Go figure. Um, I got a little nervous about this game before it came out, based off of um, early sneak peeks and delays and yeah. people not really enjoying the card battle dynamic i guess um uh, so i was a little skeptical i was a little concerned that it wasn't going to be uh, uh cracked up to be what I, well, what I was expecting and uh yeah i mean this game really delivers for me it hits on so many different levels uh it's uh i like some of my favorite games are tactics games and i don't necessarily mean xcom uh, gears tactics and and Final Fantasy Tactics, games like that, this kind of plays with that formula a little bit. You're not necessarily moving into grids, per se. Um, and now you're using cards and team-ups and environmental objects uh, to, to you know, find a way to win each battle. And it's not always just defeat the bad guys. It's like, capture these things, interrogate this person, uh, you know, there's all the missions feel different. There's always different mission levels of difficulties for you to play. If you're just up for an easy mission or a hard one. And uh, it doesn't feel like building a deck in the sense of what people might be thinking of as far as, far as a deck builder. You're really just playing. You're participating in a combat scenario and then realizing, hey, this, you know, this card I have, I'm never using. I never want to use right time to figure out a better way to play Dr. Strange or, or whoever. Um, they capture a lot of humor, which they do a good job with as well. So the game can be funny and fun and charming and it's engaging and I really enjoy it. And I can't keep, I can't wait to play it. That's one of the things, right? I come home. I want to play it. Yeah. And that's, that's really scratching that itch right now for my gaming. That's awesome. Uh, I, I really want to play this game and the fact that you have I, I was wondering if it'd be in your top ten. I didn't think it would be number one, to be totally honest. Like I, I thought didn't think it'd so be, either. <laughs> um I thought it'd be somewhere in your top ten. Um but I'm that this makes me even that much more um interested in playing the game because I am um excited to do that. So nice. um that's probably no surprise then, you know, following up Josh is number one of Marvel Midnight Sons. My number one is of course uh Elden Ring. No, I, I kid. Uh Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West. Uh, so for me, um, I absolutely loved um, going back to Horizon and everything that 
is in that world I, I do feel like there's something about the combat of horizon that i just i just really really like and yeah uh, I think the variety, especially in this game, like the way that you use weapons and the way they interact and all that stuff, it's just something that um, I, I loved. And I think that overall, the story, eh, the end of the story, especially maybe wasn't as all I was sort of hoping for. Like it yeah. kind of was like, okay, well, I, I get why we went the direction we did. I would have preferred a more um, surprising direction, I guess, but it makes sense. But overall, like I got much more invested in like the lore of the world and like how we got to where we were than I did in the first game. So for yeah. me, like this really kind of coalesced all the things that the first game was trying to set up um, into something that for me was magnitudes better than the first game was, I, though I still really like the first game. Um, and I think that's where like, when trying to decide between this and God of War Ragnarok is my number one. I was like, well, I like God of War more than the first God of War, but like, I don't know that it is doing other than maybe at a storytelling level, anything that's like drastically improved. Right. Yeah. And I think for um, horizon forbidden West, like while I really liked the first game, it was for me, the jump from one to two for me at least was pretty significant as far yeah. as my enjoyment, like everything that they're doing with it. Um, and there's just some, a couple moments in the game that are just like, you know, like best moments of the year type things that of really cool things that happen. So um, for me, like I said, Horizon Forbidden West, my number one game of the year. Um, like I said, you know, in two weeks, maybe I'll be done different when I finish Ragnarok. But right now, um, you know, this uh, PlayStation Homer uh, <laughs> has, you know, <laughs> Horizon is my number one and God of War Ragnarok is my two, number two games of the year. Um, all right. So obviously, you know, neither one of us had Elden Ring on there because neither one of us are huge from people, but that doesn't mean that game probably isn't great. Um, and looking at this list then, Josh, if I like add up numbers, basically, yeah. um, it looks like for like the board with video games game of the year that um, Horizon would be number one and Marvel Snap would be number two. Hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, and I think probably Midnight Suns might be you know number three once I play it. So I think that might be right there. Though, Josh, I can't help but notice your first two games are both Marvel games. I know, and I was like, "Am I this person?" And I included no, Marvel hey, Dice Throne in my board games. <laughs> like what you like, man. It is totally okay. You like what you like. That yeah. is fine. Um, I'm gonna skip just for time because we're almost at three hours. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna just skip these next two things and just ask one final question, Josh. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, two final questions. Number one, overall thoughts on video games for 2022. Good year, bad year. What were your thoughts on 2022 as far as video games go as a whole? Hey, great year. If we can get ten games. That way you can put, and they're not the same 10 games. I think that's... Yeah, only four year. crossovers. Yeah, that's a good year for video games. Um, I, yeah, and I don't think we had any slowdown. It started right from the bat, like game, 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 game. So yeah. nice, good, solid year, The which we ended up with too much to play at the end, which is weird. Too much yeah. to play at the start and too much to play at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but that's like, that's a weird complaint to have, right? So I think it was a great year for games. Yeah. Agree. I think it was a really solid year. Um, I do think that, um, like you said, it's kind of book bookended, right? There was some uh, really, really like knockout stuff at the beginning, a few like fun things in the middle and a whole bunch of knockout stuff at the end. Um, but yeah, a really solid year. I think 2023 um, probably is going to be a better year <laughs> if everything well, that's allowed to come out um, comes out. So with that then, Josh, what is your most anticipated game or games of 2023 right now? What are you most looking forward to? I mean, based off of your number one and number two games, it must be Marvel Spider-Man 2, right? Kyle, I'll be 100% honest with you. I I got no clue <laughs> what is coming out next year. Um, yeah, I mean, the more I see of Hogwarts Legacy, the more interested I'm getting. Um, yeah. I hate that it has to have this negative uh, cloak over it, but for a good reason. I don't hate that. Yeah. 
I don't hate why it has it. I just hate that it's there. Agreed. Um, uh, if Diablo four is a good standalone Diablo game, honestly, I'm telling you, if it's true that there's a battle pass, I don't even want to play it. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, I'm really looking forward to street fighter six. Uh, no question. It looks incredible. I can't wait to play it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a little, I still want to play the dead space remake, but I think having played cluster protocol and still going to play it, I can wait to play dead space remake. Yeah. Cause I'm going to get my fill, I think, uh, for a little bit. Although I love dead space. So who knows? Um, and I'm just looking at a quick list of other games, but nothing else is like nothing else confirmed for next year is like really shooting out at me, but yeah, Spider-Man okay. two, if it comes out fantastic, uh, I can't wait to play that, but I don't, I don't know that that'll come out next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they posted a blog post on Friday. I think that yeah. said fall 23. We'll see. Okay. That's late um, to say though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we'll see what, what happens there, but, um, and I'm, what are, where are you as far as, um, like Redfall and, oh gosh, why am I blanking? Redfall looks fine. For the What's that? Redfall looks fine. I'll check it out. I mean, it's Starfield? not like Starfield. I don't, I don't like, uh, Fallout, so I can't imagine I'm going to like Starfield, but I'll play it cause it's on game pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'll try it. Um, if it's more like Mass Effect than it is Fallout, it's probably going to be for me, but it's most likely not for me. Right. Yeah, I think for me, like the biggest things, like obviously for right now, based off of what quote unquote theoretically is for sure, Z's coming out. Um, yeah. It's a top a toss up between Marvel Spider Man Two um, and Hogwarts Legacy for me. Like I wa- did you watch the latest the their latest like gameplay? Some of thing? it. There was like a whole bunch, so I only watched a little bit of it. Yeah, it was like twenty minutes long. It got me like way way more interested in the game. Like I was excited for it, but I kind of always wondered like from a scope perspective, like how big the game was going to be, and it looks bonkers. Like if well, that's- the flying around looks like Anthem. I was like, whoa. I, yeah, I know. And like, yeah, it, it, I was really impressed with what it yeah. is um, and what they showed. So hopefully it's good. Uh, but it definitely makes me more interested in it. So right now, Hogwarts Legacy and Marvel Spider-Man 2 are definitely kind of like my tops of my like most anticipated. Uh, but there are a lot of things coming out that I am, you know, I, interested in might be even be like not necessarily that i'm going to play but interested to see how they're going to be like yeah. and that even starts right away in january like i'm super interested to see the response to forespoken and the dead space remake like i'm really yeah. interested to see how those go um i have been telling myself i want really want to get into fighting games so part of me really wants to play street fighter 6 yeah um but, we'll but you'll see, get to play it because we will own it <laughs> yeah because I, I i just you know uh I, the time that's taken to get good at those uh but also i'm like i'm excited about star wars jedi survivor like i like i said i like the first one um so you know I, i'm definitely looking forward to playing that but and you know legend of zelda tears of the kingdom we'll see um i'll probably end up buying it because i'm a sucker but i don't know if i'm gonna oh boy. Don't i don't do know it. what would have like what would make me like that one if i didn't really love the, the previous one as yeah much, so, so don't don't buy it <laughs> okay maybe i won't then maybe i won't then okay anything else josh about 2022 you want to say anything else about 2023 or as far as anticipation goes you want to say yeah gloomhaven comes out on consoles everyone should get gloomhaven on their xbox or switch <laughs> or playstation that sounds great Sorry. you should do that <laughs> cool uh any questions this week josh no questions, but only because we didn't ask. <laughs> awesome. Hey, let's move uh, move towards wrapping the show up then, and we'll give you our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's kind of helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation? Hey, it's December. 
if you have Xbox Live, you can go into your perks and get three months of Apple TV Plus. If you have PlayStation, I think you can still get Apple TV Plus for free if you haven't already. I think if they have a PS5, I think you get it with a PS5, you get oh, six months PS5. of PS5. Okay, so yeah. if you get an Xbox Game Pass, go into your perks, get three months free. If not, pay five bucks for one month and watch Spirited on Apple TV starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. It is a musical. It has no business being as good as it is. It is just a delightful uh, take on, the, on a Christmas carol. Um, it, I watched, You can watch it with your kids if you want. There's only like one part that I was like, oh, why am I letting my five-year-old watch this? But otherwise, the whole thing was totally watchable um, with the kiddo. And uh, it's just the music, the right, who I don't, uh, it has to be a famous Broadway person who wrote this music. Uh, Because the music is so good. The songs are so well done. And it's actually Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell singing the songs. Uh, I'm just really blown away at their talent. Uh, And just just like a wonderful movie. Uh, Very sweet and innocent and funny. I'd say check it out. Watch it a bunch, because that's what I'm going to do. Awesome. That is Spirited on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, my recommendation, I've kind of watched a reasonable amount of things recently, but I'm going to go with uh, Last Chance You Season 2, specifically uh, Basketball Season 2. Um, so Last Chance You was a show that followed some, um, college, uh, some community college football teams uh, for a few years, and then uh, they switched to basketball for the last two seasons. The first season ended... Um, right when COVID broke out, like literally the team was like on the bus to go play for the championship and the championship got canceled. Like that's like where season one ended. So now we're at season two, which is like um, starts in fall of 21. Um, So they go through all of 20 and then come back to fall of 21. Um, It's kind of, that's the season that this this, um, season of the show is covering. Um, So it follows East Los Los Angeles College um, and the basketball team there. Um, and the desire for those players to um, kind of get back to Division One basketball. So most of them played Division One and had something happen, so they no longer are able to play Division One, um, or maybe had some life complications that prevented them from playing Division One. And this is kind of their stop in order to do that. Um, it's just really interesting to see, like um, the kind of the passion around both the players and the coaches, and how that works and sometimes doesn't work. Um, I, I always am thoughtful and think about like the amount of um, expectation put on college athletes especially like at that level like division one like football players like i think there's something different there just because with nil deals and things like that they could be making a ton of money but like when you're playing for a community college basketball team like and you would have a poor performance like is it okay for the coach to be like hey we're going we're traveling back home because we were at a away game and now we're going to practice is that okay is that not okay i don't know you know and and just things like that that happen um, so it's really interesting. I think if you, even if you're not super interested in basketball, like I think it's still something that, or like coll- collegiate sports at all. I think it really is interesting just to learn the stories of the people on this team um, and kind of how they ended up there um, and like kind of what their future goals were. And it's just something that's super, super interesting. So last chance you um, basketball season two um, on Netflix now. So Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter for now and Instagram at Board with 3G, 
you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, you can feel free to send us an email at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all of your social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, uh, everything else. At Why so serious? That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Twittergram, Twitter, Twitter Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Uh, for those of you wondering, our plan moving forward is still, still to do monthly shows. Um, I just unfortunately don't feel I can commit to more than that right now as far as a regular schedule goes. But um, depending on how things are next semester, if uh, you know we want to do a quick one-off here and there extra, um, there's nothing preventing us from doing that. So, um, But you will at least have monthly shows um, moving forward. Uh, so just something to be aware of. Uh, as always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost.